Looking for something new in dark fantasy, humor, space exploration, time travel, alternative history? They're in the L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future Anthology. Get the 10-volume box set with 159 stories in full-color illustrations plus 34 articles with writings and art tips. Get the UPR and discount, $125 for the entire box set. That's a $60 savings for that beautiful box set. L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future. Go to uprntalkradio.com, click on the link, and place your order. Looking for stories that are fresh and new? Dark fantasy, humor, space exploration, time travel, cyberpunk, alternate history, and more. They're in the L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future anthology. From 24 award-winning authors and illustrators, plus art and writing tips, and bonus stories, L. Ron Hubbard presents Writers of the Future. Buy your copy at galaxypress.com, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Welcome, everyone, to United Public Radio and UFO on the Cover. Hope everyone's having a great morning, great evening, great afternoon, wherever you are on our big, beautiful blue planet. You know, I say this every week when I'm here, but I, it's it's really, this is where I want to be on Wednesday nights. Uh, this is one of my favorite places to be. It's um, really and truly, it's enjoyable to me. Uh, I get to talk to a lot of people. I get to meet a lot of people. I get to do a lot of, uh, we get to do a lot of investigation work. Uh, Jay's supposed to be joining us tonight. I haven't heard back from him. So, well, he didn't hear from me until a little while ago. So, yes. Well, you know, people are busy and people have lives. Uh, what was that, Carolyn? Oh, we're going to be talking about alien abductions. A little bit more advanced tonight than usually. Um, we're going to get into a little bit more how advanced these abductions can be. And then we're going to talk a little bit about military abductions and uh, why they may actually happen. Or maybe we'll start there first and work our way backwards. Who knows for sure? Well, I get a lot of people who write to me, oh, there's no such thing as military abductions. Well, if you'd wrote to me 25 years ago and told me that, I would have said you were true. Unfortunately, in the last 25 years, I've seen enough evidence to suggest that's not true, that there is military abductions. Now, when we say military abductions, we're talking about military abductions to people who have had alien contact. We're not necessarily talking about someone who had a military abduction for whatever other reason the government might be abducting military people. Well, there's been other problems. It's like, you know, when they gave the Indians chicken pox or, you know, there's been, or when they gave the black sickles, uh, there's a lot of things we've done um, that could be questionable. A lot of people who were killed because uh, it was very questionable on uh, what we were doing or what our government was doing, not what we were doing, but what our government was doing. Uh, it's just, it's just part of the thing. I mean, unfortunately that's where we are today. Uh, what was it, Carolyn? <laughs> you know what? I can play it. Hold on. Let me play it one quick time while we're sitting here and boom. Looking for something new in dark fantasy, humor, space exploration, time travel, alternative history. They're in the L. Ron Hubbard presents writers of the future anthology. Get the 10 volume box set. With 159 stories in full color illustrations plus 34 articles with writings and art tips. Get the UPR and discount, $125 for the entire box set. That's a $60 savings for that beautiful box set. L. Ron Hubbard presents Writers of the Future. Go to uprntalkradio.com, click on the link, and place your order. 
All right, guys. I hope y'all enjoyed that little clip right there. That's me speaking, by the way. That's my sexy voice you hear. Oh, yeah, that's me, baby. Um, we we could have put some different music in there that maybe we should have. I don't know. But anyway, y'all need to get over there and buy a couple of them box sets, man. Y'all making me look bad. I mean, really. Get your ass out there and buy some sets. Um, Yeah, Jay actually hosts on Thursdays with Jeffrey Pritchard. I mean, on Fridays with Jeffrey Pritchard on Church of Mavis. Yes, he does. He's been co-hosting with me on Friday nights for a while. Him and Jack, uh, you know, Jack Kelly or Sean Kelly is his, his real name, but we call him Jack Kelly. Yeah, y'all know Jack, right? Superman Jack. Y'all ever met Jack? I'll have to invite him on. Well, we have a lot of stuff going on. And why, uh, to answer somebody's question who just sent it to me, why would the government want to abduct an alien contact date? Why do you think the government would want to abduct an alien contact? I mean, here's somebody who said, not only, thank you, baby, not only have they been taken by by uh, aliens, but they have advanced knowledge of their craft. Mm. But yet you don't think the government's not going to be interested in people like that? But the problem for the government is they don't know who's lying and who's telling the truth. And what I mean by that is, okay, anybody can go out and say they had some kind of weird contact, blah, 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 blah. But the government needs to know who's telling the truth and, and who do you think they use to judge that by? So I found that a while back. I had done a, uh, uh, I'd done a show with George Norrie and Melinda Leslie on military abductions. This is more than a decade ago. It's a good show, so you should go catch it, but it was, it was more than a decade ago. So we do this show and, uh, I started getting all these people coming out to woodwork that they had this happen to them and that happened to them and this happened to them. And then I had a bunch of abductees call me and say, uh, is there a way to prevent it? First off, yes, there is. Don't go public. So if you go to see a psychologist or you go public, you've just told the government that you've been taken by alien abduction. So to use to help you all understand this, we'll jump back to a case, the Betty and Barney Hill case. So here's the Hills. Uh, Betty, whoever wrote that, no, Betty's not the contactee. Barney was. So... Barney had been psych- seeing psychologists since I think he was seven years old, eight years old, because he was having these horrific dreams about these things that was coming in his rooms and things that were taking him. This was not Betty having his dreams. These were Barney. So somewhere along the line, the government befriended him. And what I mean by that, so one of the guys, uh, he actually had a colonel living in his house when this happened. He was friends with two other colonels. Now, colonels are way the hell up there. They're, they're like right below the generals almost, and they usually just don't associate with nobodies. You know, it just, it just unless they were friends for life or something, or kids, they usually don't associate with people like that. It's not, that's not how they do it. Uh, it doesn't help their career. It's not good for them. And remember, this was in the late 60s, and this was a, a biracial couple, which was a no-no back then. So most people wouldn't even want to be associated with that because of negative connotations for these particular kind of things. But yet here's these three colonels, one actually living with him. Hmm. Uh, as Bar- Barney got older, he was seeing more and more shrinks. Not Betty, but Barney was. Uh, he was the one seeing the shrinks. And then finally, they had this contact coming out of uh, Canada uh, where, well, where something went down. So, you know, they want to talk about the alien abduction. So let's let's talk about it for a minute. So supposedly... The hills were taken in Canada. Uh, they were abducted in Canada. Okay, nothing surprising about that. 
So the next morning after the abduction was over, which of course they don't remember anything, they were having breakfast across the street from the hotel they were at. So under hypnosis, which is odd, under hypnosis, they could not remember the hotel they stayed at or the name of the place they were having breakfast at. Yes. So they were sitting, you know, a couple having breakfast across the street from the hotel. They couldn't even, they didn't even give identical descriptions of the hotel, which was weird. Later in the day, they, they were lost. So they stopped to ask for directions. One describes him as a black police officer. One describes him as a white Irish police officer. That's two big different. I mean, we're talking red hair, white skin. I don't even know if he, she said he was police officer. He just said he was Irish. And the other guy describes him as a black London policeman. And now remember, they're in the same car together. Okay. Yes, they're in the same car together. They've been driving along. And all of a sudden, they see this policeman and they cannot tell you. Uh, what give you an accurate description of what this policeman was? It's always been to me that they were already on the ship when this was all going on. This was not re reality. This was the cover memory. Uh, this was the cover memory given to them by the Greys who took them and then released them later on. And when they released them, they released them right at the, the, the line in the U.S. And, and the United States. I mean, Canada and the U.S. So the next thing that happens is they're driving along a little while later, not much later, but a little while later, when this craft comes out of the sky, approaches them, sounds more like a dirigible than a craft. But anyway, this thing lands and puts the stairs come down and stairs come in. And out of these stairs comes four gentlemen dressed in black, black boots, black pants, black shirts, and black duckbill caps. This is typical. Any Secret Service it wears these outfits. They're all over today. DEA, um, oh yeah, tobacco and firearms, all of them wear them. Uh, it's just typical that, you know, no identifying marks on them whatsoever. So then they walk up to the car, they loop their arms under the hills, and escort them back to the ship. I've never heard of this before. Usually they just float you up to the ship or they carry you through the ship. They don't usually just walk you over to a craft. Then they walked up the stairs, which is the first time I've ever heard of that, walked into the craft, and proceeded to have things like nail samples taken, skin samples taken, urine samples, other liquids taken, using stuff like razor blades and needles and stuff like that. Well, I've never heard of a gray reptilian or human who does the majority of the abductions ever use anything like that. Also, she described a paper pull-down backs, which Kathleen Maldon tried to change into monitors like we use today, but it doesn't matter. No technology we're talking about would have existed on the spacecraft. There wouldn't have been pull-out drawers and pull-down maps. And there surely wouldn't have been monitors like we use on a craft that's 500, 5,000, or 10,000 years more advanced than we are. I mean, just look at the advances in the last 100 years or the last 200, and you would notice, I mean, an alien who's you know been here for 1,000, 3,000, he's already made huge advancements over us, not including wherever he was or it was when it started. So, you know, when I hear things like crashing them on, on Congress going, oh, we do, we can shoot them down and they just fall out the sky when they come through the portal. Really? 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 That is the biggest load of bullshit crap I have ever heard in the 40 years I've been in this field. I mean, that is absolute crap. That guy is such a disinformation idiot. That he's, why David Greer would even, she takes all credibility away from Greer. All credibility away from Greer. So these guys have been coming here a long time. I mean, a long time. We know 
just with Roswell, at least 80 years. But, but if you're taking the Foo Fighters and the, all the things that happened in World War I, we know for at least 100 years for sure. In all these 100 years, none of them fell down before. Oh, just in, just in America? No. Okay. So what you're telling me is they're sending hundreds of ships over and every third one falls out of the sky wherever it happens to be. And you don't think they would stop sending ships over? You don't think they might recover their technology like we would do or their people? I mean, they're far more advanced than we are. And the other day, well, you don't know that. Yeah, they shut down a nuclear silo. I freaking do know that. They can go in and out of portals and you can see them. And they're not just using like Gresham or one little portal. Like, that's bullshit. We have actually documented, not just us, several other people in the field have documented. They're, they're just floating along. They're portals. Sometimes they're shaped like a diamond. Sometimes like a square. Matter of fact, we got a video. Well, we got a picture of one. And um, not Dolphin Island, where were we? We were in, uh, we were in Florida, uh, Blunt Island, Florida is where we were at. There's a power plant there. And we got a freaking marvel. I'll see if I can find it. We got a fabulous, fa- it's on the alienenigma.org site or the alienenigma.com site. It's there. You can find it there. Um, this thing is great. Not only did we get a picture of the portal, but the smoke coming up from the, from the, um, the smoke coming up from the power plant was sucked up in the portal. So it actually encircles it. So the smoke gives it body. You can actually see it. Then which no one noticed in the first 50, a hundred times this picture had been put out, even on coast to coast, there was actually a spaceship coming next to the, this one of the towers. Yeah. No one caught it. And all of a sudden you, you, we just noticed it. Once you notice it, it's there. Um, it's a great picture. It's been all over the place. It's been viewed over 10 million times. I mean, it's, it's one of those pictures that when you see it, you're like, what the hell is this? This is a portal. And the ship was going right for it. It wasn't scared yet. It was going to fall out somewhere else. Hmm. That's my point. This, this crash guy, is, it was completely disinformation. I mean, completely and utterly disinformation. And I'm beginning to think that's all Dr. Greer's is different disinformation. I'm starting to think after the crash guy that he can't be anything but disinformation. Uh, and then there's a lot of other stuff about him charging for tours, charging to meet uh, ET spiritually, things like that. Um, charging to do interviews. Yeah, you know, he might not be in it for the right reasons. But anyway, getting back to the Hills, um, Barney Hill was definitely the abductee. And he was definitely an abductee. He wasn't a contactee. He didn't want this. I know Betty always said she wanted it, but it's because Betty was not the contactee Barney was. Uh, Kathleen Marjorie gets mad at me all the time because she's she's her niece. But since Kathleen really has never been taken, um, and if she has, she won't t- won't take a polygraph because she'd be lying. You know that's not in that family. Well, because she's her niece, which means that it's Betty's sister's child. Well, if Betty was being taken as an abductee, so would her sister be. They take the whole family line. They don't stop taking you until you're no longer useful to whatever plan they've got. So that could be at 20, that could be at 30, that could be at 50, that could be never. If you're a keeper or an advanced abduct a contactee, they, they may never stop contacting you because you're useful to them. Other people who may not have the genes they're looking for or other problems, they'll just stop taking them. Well, oh no, they'll keep taking their kids. Well, those people have kids, even, even after they quit taking them, if they have more kids, they would take the kids. Well, because they don't know the kids may have what they're looking for. I have no idea what it is they're looking for because they do lots and lots and lots of things. I'm sorry. I forgot it was off. Um, no, they do lots. Of, that's the point. They do lots of experiments and we don't know what the hell the experiments are for. 
we got ideas about some of them because we've heard some stuff. Some of them are quite gruesome. Some of them are not gruesome at all. Yeah. Well, military abductions are, are rough, and usually it's caused because someone went public. So usually what will happen is, is um, Mary Jane decides she wants to come out. Mary Jane comes out, and she's talking. And Mary Jane's very interesting, and she's got some very interesting stories. Then all of a sudden, Mary Jane starts talking about uh, performances of ships, engine rooms, how craft actually operate, how humans can meld with the ship like uh, greys do, or how you can hand drive a reptilian or human spacecraft. This is stuff the government's really interested in. This is things they want to know about. They have a vested inf- interest in this. They want to know, you know, what it is that how these ships work, what's involved in these ships, the whole nine yards. Yeah, I mean that's what they want to know. That's that's why they do military abductions. Oh, you notice those red lights? That's actually, um, you can't really see them that good because the lights are on, but it's actually Christmas decorations. Oh, yeah, they'll be up from now until whatever. There's blue and white ones you'll see in here, uh, stuff like that. But the lights are on right now. This, you're talking about this, right? This right here. This is L. Ron Hubbard's Writers of the Future. This is a 10-book set from book 31 to book 39. Um, it's a box set you can get for about a buck and a quarter. Uh, it's a really nice set. Well, you get a discount if you buy from through us. So if you go to our website and go there, you get a discount. Yes. Uh, no, that's that's for writers of the future. Yes. That's because we're friends with him and we work with him. And y'all should go over and take advantage of it. I don't know. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... We're going to be putting, okay, you're talking about the Sabres before we get back on topic. Um, they'll be giving away, I think said 31 Sabres this year, but there's going to be three up for donations. So it, it, there'll be three runs on donations for three different charities. And uh, by the donation amount, you know, whoever hits, whoever does the highest donation amount gets the Sabre. Mm-hmm. And they get a little plaque that goes with it for being the highest donor. Yeah. Uh, you mean the ones we were giving away last year? The cheapest one we gave away last year was um, f- right at $300. Most of them ran between $799 and $999. All of the Kyle Lynn Sabres are $999. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of them pretty expensive. The guy made good money off of us, yes. I got his number somewhere. Uh, no, he texted me a while, I mean, emailed me a while back, but I haven't. No, we already set up for this year, yeah. So we'll talk again when uh, whatever goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but that's the majority of them. As far as I know, the majority of people being taken as a military abduction, that's how they get taken. It's because they ran their mouth. Well, remember, that's radio stations and all kind of other people that want you to put your story out there. There's several I haven't even read this week that I've got to get to that I've got from TikTok and other people from Instagram and stuff like that. I just haven't had a chance to read them. The point is, is they want you uh, to come forward. So, you know, like I said, Mary Jane comes out, she tells a story, she goes on some radio show, she goes on Coast to Coast. It doesn't matter what radio show it is. It doesn't matter if it's Coast or anybody else. Sooner or later, that archive, that's going to get, it's going to get moved around until they know that you've been taken. And then they're going to check you out. And if you do seem to be a real abductee, um, the next time you're abducted, which they'll, they'll stake you out. And the next time you're taken and put back, they will take you. 
Yeah, they don't, and that's what people don't understand about military. They don't just randomly come up and take you. No, no, no. You can't. You're not going to be walking in the street and they're just going to take you. No, it's always going to be after an abduction. Yes. Well, there were a couple in the early days that seemed like it was before abduction, like they were using different style plants to try to find these craft and where they were. Just none of them ever seemed to work. Hmm. Yeah, we thought we know a lot of people who who do it. We know a lot of people in the service that were been involved in all of this. And we get a lot of information even there. We get a lot of just stuff that people know us from they send us. We're well trusted. It is true. I do I do know the uh, people from Space Command. That number one and number two. Yes. A friend of mine introduced me to him. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't nothing nefarious or anything like that. No. <laughs> It was at a gala event, and he was sponsoring the event, and they were keynote speakers, and I was there for press, and he just introduced us. Mm-hmm. Him and his wife are space cadets, yes. No, really. So I'm not a bit, It's not a joke. No, they're really nice people. And uh, so anyway, enough about all of that. All I can tell you, if you are an abductee, and I mean, you can contact us or any other group, um, it's good to get out there and, and talk to somebody, find other contactees to talk to. I mean, it is really good to talk to people, but be careful who it is you're talking to and try to limit, unless you just want to be famous. Well, people tell me all the time, let me go do, this is what got me into this mess, okay? So 40 years ago, I was talking to a woman and she starts telling me, and this, uh, I've been out to service a couple of while, you know, special forces and stuff. And I, I'm, I'm standing there looking at her like, you have lost your effing mind. But I knew the woman. I knew she was intelligent. I knew she was bright. And I knew she wasn't crazy. I knew she wasn't a liar. And I was kind of like, okay. But I didn't know what to do with it. So I just kind of logged it back in the back of my head. Later on, not that much later on, I met somebody else. I was at work, all places. And she starts telling me about her alien abduction. So I'm thinking the woman's pulling my leg. No, she was not. And I couldn't figure. So within that one year, for some reason, probably about 30 different people, all women, by the way, uh, contacted me about their alien abduction. And I was like, you got to be freaking kidding me. This, this is, and I mean, I'm 21, 22 at the time. I'm fresh out of the Navy. You know, I'm gung ho for all kind of stuff. And, all these people start telling me about this alien contact, and I really didn't know what to think about it. So I was out on duty one day. Hold on, you sit this. I'm still in the Navy. I've been reserved. I'm stationed at Alvin Calendar Field in Belchase. I'm out there. We're doing touch and go, which is the plane just touches and, and keeps going. So anyway, we're doing that all day. We come back. We're checking all our planes out. And these guys start talking about weird things they've seen. But then the conversation got broke up because the commander came in and wanted everybody to go do whatever they want to do. A couple of days later, the whole base goes on, on alert. It's like four in the morning. So I'm staring out my window and this thing in a triangle formation is sitting at the end of the runway, just sitting there, lights flashing, strobing, all kind of crazy colors going on. And the tower guy, he's thinking this is a UFO. By the way, it was six, I'm sorry, it was seven Harriers. Yeah, Navy Harrier jets is what it was. Hey, look, I, look, I was there. It looked freaking pretty UFO-ish to me, too. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so the next day, we're all working flight. Uh, we're doing, we're, we're working on some Corsair 2s, and we're doing flight command that day. And uh, we're talking with the pilots, and on they back to talking about seeing weird stuff. So I've talked to, I don't know, 300 pilots in the Navy, give or take. 
uh, two carrier groups for sure. And all my reserve stuff I did, yeah, probably at least 300. And uh, I've never met a pilot that has not seen a UFO, not one, <clears throat> which weirded me out. But, you know, I wasn't in the Navy for aliens. I wasn't looking for aliens, even though a lot of weird stuff happened when I was on a Nimitz, including Ronald Reagan's visit and what looked like to be a saucer visit. So there was a lot of weird stuff going on on that ship. But you never knew what, what okay, just because a, a big round disc came and sat down on the end of the carry does not mean it was aliens. We don't, you know, it could have been ours. I mean, we were flying disc. We were, people forget the United States were using disc designs on several different decades. We tried using them for different things. We've just never had any real luck with them. But I don't think that's what this was on the end of the carrier. No. But anyway, it's not enough of the story to tell. Um, oh, it is cooperating witnesses out there. Everybody who was in the, on the USS Nimitz in 1983, I believe. Yeah, 5,500 of us. <laughs> Yeah, not everybody saw it, but um, all I remember for sure was, is I was on duty, and we we knew the president was coming. It was just a routine trip. Other diplomats and other people had been on a carrier before. So, you know, at the time the Nimitz was a flagship, so it's not a big deal to have diplomats come on board. But I do remember having them clear the deck. Now, usually people like me would be left on the deck uh, to make sure nothing nothing else was around to make sure everything was you know fast and hassled and shut down make sure just just to make sure that none of our planes weapons or anything could accidentally get in the way of what was going on um so you know you'd see two or three helicopters come in followed by two or three jets and it would be whoever the dignitary was it would land well in this case um they they were doing all clear all clear the deck and i'm like wow they went the whole deck cleared so you know we, we had to go make sure everything catapults were locked down everything was locked down and then we um I had, and I couldn't leave until everybody else was off the deck, except, you know, it was five uh, deck captains that day, and I was one of them. So um, we all had to make sure everybody was off. So we finally got everybody off. Uh, so we get the other four in the thing. They go down and elevate them. I'm waiting for the elevator to come back up because I got to bring down some tanks. I hop on the elevator. And right as I hop on the elevator, it looks like the big-ass silver disc lands on the end of the carrier. So I'm going down. So at this point, I'm just going down, going down to carry about three, three decks down. When I get down, there's about 20, 30 guys looking at one of the monitors, swearing, and I didn't see any of this, swearing that they saw the, the president go on board the ship with some alien. I didn't, like I said, I didn't see any of this. All I seen was the thing on the end of the deck, which when I saw it, I still wasn't convinced 100% um, that it wasn't ours. Well, you know, you don't want to think, I mean, here I am, I'm 19, 20 years old. Who wants to think that you just seen an alien aircraft land on the end of an aircraft carrier? No, it was big. I mean, when it, when it, whatever it was, when it touched down the carrier, the carrier waved a little bit. Yeah, it actually nosed it down. Very strange. And it definitely hung over quite, it was at least, at least almost as big as a carrier uh, and hanging off on both sides. Um, you know, it never looked like it was actually never completely off. It always looked like there was some kind of field uh, being generated. It may have not actually been on the touch of the carrier. There may have been a field between it and the carrier. Mm. But I really thought nothing. And I didn't even think about it again until I was like 38. No, I'm sorry. Until I was like 55 or something, 56, uh, is when I actually thought about it again. I was like, 
And that's just because I heard some guys talking about something else that happened on the Nimitz. I was like, wow. And obviously, there was more than just those two events happening. The Nimitz, like I said, was the flagship. So anything big going down, that's where it would have went down at. Yeah, well, you know, you never know what it is that you're, you're looking at until you, you get. No, they they locked down. Once everybody was below the ships, all the elevators were turned off and all the hatches were locked. Nobody was getting back on top of that deck until this was over with. And if I remember correctly, it lasted about 12 hours. No, the monitors went blank as soon as everything was locked down. I think they had just forgot the monitors were on. Uh, so somebody in the in the conning tower turned them off. Yeah, they just they just turned off the camera feed is what they did. Well, for the guys and everybody else, this was like a 12-hour vacation for us. We were actually in the middle of war games when it happened, so <laughs> it was a vacation for us. And Nimitz was just sitting there while the rest of the fleet was doing whatever the hell it was doing. You mean being a mill lab? You're only a mill lab if you're an alien abductee or an alien contactee and you've been taken by the government. Then you're a mill lab. And the government is really not a good statement because it's not really what you would consider the government to be like our government. It's not what it really is. Military abductions are a conglomeration of like uh, pan, uh, retired colonels, retired generals, retired SATCOM people, retired people from Boeing, Lockheed. Uh, pretty soon there'll be retired people for Elon Musk working for. Well, right now, in case you haven't noticed, 80% of all the rocket businesses in the United States have alumni for Elon Musk. Yeah, they had worked for Elon Musk at one time or another. Tells you right there who the boss is. He just made his 200th landing yesterday. 200. We haven't been in land crapped on tire. How many ever years we've had a space program going? Russia and China are like, what the, how's this, what the, China said, it's 10 years before they're going to land anything. And here's Elon landing them like it's nothing. The, the man is, I know if any of my friends are listening, they know I have a crush on Elon. So, yes, I'm telling you, he's hotty, baby. That's why I married my wife, because she got a big brain. I like big brain people. Oh, yeah. Well, because, well, I like smart people. That's just all there is to it. I like people who can keep in a conversation and make the conversation interesting. Well, anybody can agree all the time. I mean, and sometimes it's a good thing to agree, because sometimes an individual's right, but sometimes you're like, what? Are you on crack? Mm-hmm. Well, well, you know, sometimes you need to tell that person that tells you you're in crack. A good friend of mine who passed about a decade ago, Dee Andrews, she was my national director. And the reason she was is because she wasn't scared to say, what the are you talking about, Joseph? <laughs> I'm not kidding you. And if that didn't work, she'd get Linda on her side and it was oh, all hell to pay. Um, because you have to. That's why Michelle DeRoche is a station manager today. Yeah, I can't have timid little people running anything for me. No, uh, uh I have a strong personality, and, and I use it all the time. I, I would, I would not go. I would not, if you're an alien abductor, alien contactee, I would not go public. Really, I would not go public until you've talked to someone reputable in the field. And no, that is not Stephen Greer. He is not an abduction researcher, and he needs to keep his ass out of that. As far as I know, every every alien he's talking about comes from another dimension, and it's probably from the future. 
but yet they can't get over here without crashing. I'm just, I just, I'm sorry, guys. I just got issues with that whole thing. You mean the crush guy? Well, he's never seen anything. Yeah, the witness had never seen. No, 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 no. Okay. No, you see, that's where you're wrong. He never experienced anything. He was just told by other sources that this was what happened. And then Greer, I watched Greer many times. Greer was, yeah, Greer was educating him on the dimensional thing because that's Greer's thing. He thinks it's, that's what his next big thing he wants to push to make money on. Yes. And uh, so that's where we are. So Greer was pushing the dimensional thing really hard with the crush guy. Uh, I always want to call him David Koresh. I know I got to watch myself on that. He's just, no, he's a plant. You can tell by the way he talks, he's a plant. I would, I would ask him in a heartbeat to take a polygraph. Oh yeah. I, I, I'd want to voice dress. Matter of fact, I'd like to voice dress Dr. Greer. Oh, I asked him one time we were in, um, it was uh, the 10th X conference. We were in Washington, DC. And I said, David, you know, I've heard you talk about this, 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 and this. I said, you know, I do voice stress analysis, hypnosis. You ought to let me voice stress you to give your stories more credibility. He said, no, by the way. I said, well, you know, if you don't like me, I, I got other friends that do hypnosis and voice stress. You ought to let one of them know. Well, if you asked him today, he'd tell you no. Oh, or he would tell you, I need this guy to do it. No, no, that's not how this works. Uh, you don't get to pick the guy. No. Well, it's like with, um, oh, what's his name? Larry Warren. Larry Warren is it was part of the Rendlesham event. If y'all if y'all don't know what it is, I'll tell you a little bit. But Rendlesham is where they've seen all these these weird lights and landings over a four-night four night period in Rendlesham Forest. They're yeah, right outside of the Air, Air National, uh, the um the Air Force Base that was there. Mm -hmm. So anyway, he was he was part of all that. Well, he went ahead and took a polygraph. By the way, he took a polygraph by the number one polygrapher in the UK. I did the voice stress analysis work on him and Peter Robbins. They weren't lying. So people want to hate on him today, say he's a big liar. But yet he's he's got a polygraph and a voice stress that says he's not. And all the people who are saying he is won't take one. I know. It's, it's it's ridiculous. Oh, you mean the movie Capel Green? I have not heard anything about it lately. Oh, I'm hoping it's, it comes out because I'm in the damn thing. Yeah, I'm actually in Capel Green. I'm, I'm in it for probably three or four minutes, five minutes. Actually, they interviewed me for a lot of stuff, but a lot of that they're not going to use. And they wanted they wanted material on, um, I can't think of her name right now. She used to be a director for us, but we fired her because she lied too much. Uh, I can't think of her name right now. But she did a whole web page about me. Oh, yeah. I've, there's, there's at least 50, 100 web pages out there about me that are hater pages. I, I just, it cracks me up. They don't understand. It makes me more searchable. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Shh, don't tell them anything. Because anything like that, I can tell when someone's read one of their pages because they'll come in with this, oh, you're joking, kind of shit. And I'm like, really? I said, now, and I'll, and I'll let them go on for about 10, 15 minutes. And I said, okay, now, can I talk now? And, of course, you know, we go down the whole entire spew of what's what and what's not. And really and truly, because I know as much as I do, it's really hard to argue about it. Well, you're not going to come in. I like these people who have been investigators for five years. Mm -hmm. And they come in and go, well, this is how it is. Really? That's And, and how did you learn that? And, and why do you think that's how it is? 
have you been smoking crack? So technically, I've been investigated for 40 years. ICAR currently has about 98,000 cases on file. Uh, these are all cases we consider to be legitimate alien abduction cases. But it was weird how this came to be. So somebody said, that's a lot of camera. Well, it was a lot more cases than that. But a lot of what went on was, so we got lucky in a few areas. So in Madrid, uh, there's a group that joined ICAR. Yeah, it's, a, it's the Madrid branch is what it is. There's about eight, I think there's 10,000 members down there. And uh, I'm sorry, I guess, uh, there's about 10,000 members down there. But anyway, they did a study amongst their members and all the contactees they could find in Europe, which totaled out somewhere, I think it was around 9,000 or 10,000 cases that they kept. I think they all went through about 21,000 cases over, it was like a seven or eight year period. But they sent us that 10,000 cases. We had already done 5,000 with Move On before we left Move On. So that's 15 right there. We also had. Um, a Brazilian group that came in and uh, came in and did their own thing with 5,000 cases. The Indian group from India came in with about 11,000. And then all the stuff that's been done in between and anybody else that's come in really does put us right out a hundred thousand. So it's, it's, everybody always thinks it's just impossible number, but it's not really hard. That even wasn't even that hard to get there. It didn't even take but two decades to get there. So, um, well, we don't, we don't do as many abduction cases as we, as we used to. Well, it's hard because, um, one, we've retired a lot of directors, so we'll be bringing more directors on, but still, we've retired a lot of directors. But it's more than that. Now, one of my friends pointed out to me the other day that contactees now know everything. Everything happens to them, not just... So, it makes it hard to know who's lying and who's telling the truth. Really, it does. Uh, ICAR has abduction criteria to help us with who's lying and who's telling the truth, but um, we make we made about half of that public. Uh, things like the blood type studies, the blue plasma, a lot of stuff that nobody even knew about until we made it public, which is just common today. Uh, if, if I had a dollar for everyone who used a plasma study and said it was theirs, I could retire. And there's been some pretty famous people try to jump on it. Uh, it's amazing to me because, I mean, we, we put it out 15 years ago. And then we put it out again, and then we went on Ancient Aliens and put it out two more times. And for somebody to claim credit for it, you just have to stop. Or, you know, and then, of course, I've made a lot of people angry over the um, cattle mutilations because they're bullshit. It's not that they don't happen. They do it happen, but it's not. It's not aliens. The aliens are taking special parts, and they're eating them. Yes. And that's what's happening. And then they just throw the damn cow back in the ground and leave it like that. Why don't they just keep the whole damn cow? Why don't they drop it somewhere else? Anyway, so I was introduced to cattle mutilations. And uh, this is 30, 35 years ago. And a guy goes, what do you think? I said, well, I don't know anything about it. So I started getting into it, looking around, getting into it, looking around. And a couple of suspicious things right off the bat. The 98% like, of all the cattle mutilations happened west of the Mississippi River. Okay, I found that interesting. Um also, there wasn't very many in South America. They didn't even start having them in South America. It's like crop circles. People talked about crop circles forever in England. And then all of a sudden, they're all over the world. Yeah, well, probably most of them were fake. Well, we found out a lot of what, what was supposed to be crop circles in South America turned out to uh, not crop circles. Um, cattle mutilations turned out. We found out one general down there, he put like 300 cows in four different water towers and said they were abducted so they could collect the insurance money. Yes, I'm not kidding y'all. Yes, and they wanted to call them all counter mutilations. But anyway, getting back to the United States. So 
early on, I started looking at the cattle mutilations and I started asking some questions. I noticed it rarely happened to a little ranch or a little cow guy. It was usually a bigger one that had more cows and who have insurance on their cows. So just so y'all know this, you can't collect the insurance if you don't have the corpse. Hmm. So how would the aliens know to leave the corpse behind so the guy could collect the insurance? And the body parts removed from the cow is where radiation would accumulate the fastest. So why would aliens be interested in that? But since we would pop in nukes all over New Mexico, Nevada, Arizona, California, uh, we would launch nukes all over, we would pop in nukes all over the place. Well, come to find out, if you look at the nuclear maps where a lot of things were popped, you'll find downwind, a lot of the cattle mutilations happen to be downwind of where these bombs were being tested. And the fact that the cow was left behind and the parts that were taken were parts that would accumulate the most radiation suggests that this was not uh, aliens, that this was the federal government checking to see what the contamination levels were before someone else found out ahead of time. And it was a good way to do it. Catamulation is a good way. Nobody was going to think it was our government. It was a good way for them to check the radiation contaminants in the air and on the ground because of the food and the water and everything the cows are drinking and eating. And it gave them a good idea of what the contaminants were in those areas. Was it serious? Did they have to worry about it? Or was it going to be okay? And it went on for two decades and then it just quit. Because I guess they found out they were in the green. Or at least in the yellow. But it makes way more sense than aliens were coming by, taking a couple of pieces. Because if you were an alien, you picked up this cow and you're cruising along. You're not going to come all the way back to set it back to where it was. And there was another little clue. There were skid marks found at several of the cattle mutilations. Skid marks are left by helicopters. Yes, and we do have silent helicopters. And we do. Then guy tells me, oh, there's no way we could suck all the blood out. I said, you ever heard of a vacuum pump? I said, a vacuum pump will suck a cow dry in less than two minutes. I mean, what are you talking about here? Or later, I said, we've been having lasers since the 60s. I said, so you're going to have to come up with something better than, than that. And I said, remember, the government's technology is always more advanced than ours. So uh, if, if we had lasers and, and suction pumps, they had better ones. Mm, but nobody wants to talk about that. They don't want to talk about the government might have been taking our cows to check for contamination. No. It's not aliens, people. They want it to be aliens. They want it to be aliens bad. They don't want the truth. That's why. One of the things I learned about ufology early on is there wasn't much of the way of real truth in the field. Um, and abduction research is a little bit more. It's about a 60% consensus, consensus in the abduction research field. But in the... Um, in the ufology field, it's not. It's a jumbled uh, F, and uh, it's just a mess. And there's conflicting ideas all over, and nobody wants to say they're wrong. Well, with us, it's different. We've been wrong before, and we have corrected ourselves. Well, when we first got into this, uh, we thought the alien abduction thing was different. Uh, and then we found that it wasn't. We, we thought it was like a third, a third, and a third. And then... The more contactees we talked to, the more we figured out, no, it wasn't. It was about 15 or 20% reptilians and humans and about 60, 70, about 70% grays, maybe 65% grays. Yeah. And that's where the alien abductions were going. But that's something else they didn't want to talk about because it doesn't fit their agendas. See, we don't have an agenda. The only agenda we have is the truth. 
We're not looking for anything. We're not trying to prove anything. It's not like Dr. Greer and his portal. We're not trying to prove anything. All we're trying to do is get to the truth. And since we put so much of what we know out, it gives other people a chance to challenge it, to see if it's a truth, to test the ideas. The blood type study, do you know how many people tried to defraud the blood type study and say we were crazy, but they couldn't? Two organizations said it was completely opposite. Small, very small organizations. So being the ass that I am, we were at a conference and their board of directors was there. So I, there's 12 of them. So I just asked, I went down the line and asked them, uh, A positive, A positive, A positive, A positive. Only one person of the 12 was negative. Everybody else was positive. Therefore, the test was positive. But it wasn't the truth. Everybody who's done their own study found out that the RH negatives are taken far more than the RH positives are. Well, the RH natives only make up 15% of the world's population, but they make up 65% of abduction cases. And it looks like that RH negative and colored eyes only came on the scene 35 or 45,000 years ago. Before that, everybody was positive, brown hair, brown eye. That was the world. I guess somebody decided the world was a boring place and decided to shake it up a little bit. Well, you have to stop and think. RH negative was a baby killer. Mother Nature is not what created this. God didn't create this. God's not going to create baby killers. Mother Nature is not going to create baby killers. That's not, that's not what they do. This is, was something because RH negative people have different types of personalities. They're, they're really kind of different. So the, the thing about it is, is you have a lot of these people who have been have been taken and when we found out it was RH negative, it made a little more sense. You're, the, what do you mean gifted? How gifted? Hey, Jay, uh, how gifted? You mean psychically? Uh, we can do a test on that. I, I, I have yet to study, and now that you brought it up, I guess I'll have to. Um, I have yet to do a study on if RH negative people are more psychic than RH positive. I have heard other studies that say yes, but we have not done our own. Uh, uh, well, because all contactees, in order for me to consider you a real contactee, abductee, whatever, you have to be at least empathic. I've never met a contactee that's not empathic, at least empathic. Um, no, I've never met one that's not at least empathic. Yeah. What's well, the criteria for the organization? We won't even consider you to, to be an abductee or a contactee as long as you're uh, abductee or a contactee. I mean, if you're not empathic or telepathic, we're not going to even consider you to be real. It's just how it is. We just haven't met anybody that falls into a contactee or abductee that's not empathic or telepathic. It's got to be one of the main things the aliens are looking for or one of the main things they're creating. I don't know if they're creating or looking for it or if they're doing both. Or, got, or it could be because of the way they communicate. Could be. And that's probably the, the reasoning. If they're only going, if they're only targeting people like that. And I consider myself empathic. I, I you know, I, if you go into a room and everybody's angry and you can feel their anger, you're empathic. You go into a room and everybody's true. angry and you don't feel their anger or you don't feel the emotion in the room, then you're probably not. Um, but 
there's been times, and that's why I avoid crowds. I get into a crowd of people, and if their mood is grumpy, I get grumpy. If their mood's cheerful, I feel cheerful. So you never know if you're going out in public if you're going to get grumpy or, or angry. But it, I feel it. I mean, it's it's you know, it's impactful. It really does impact your life. It does. It, it, it's 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 one of those things that make you. Hold on, I'm gonna take a picture of me and Jay. How beautiful we are. Okay, maybe I'm not gonna take a picture of Jay and I. <laughs> Don't it don't want to take a picture of you, Jay. It doesn't like you. What what the hell's well, going on here? See, that's part of what? my spy network, Joe. You know, there's technology in all cell phones that won't allow anybody to take my picture. Okay, I don't even know what's going on here. I look like Santa Claus there. Sorry, people. I know that was a rude interruption. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're gonna delete that because that is just freaking scary looking. Quick, quick uh, alien probe there. <laughs> uh Carolyn, no, those are those are alien lights. See him back there, alien lights all over. Ooh, and no, actually, they had a Halloween party last. I didn't even remember until eight thirty, and only because it was an accident. I was doing work on something else, and then I was going to go check on on Jack's show, and I uh, realized, oh shit, it's a Halloween party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they were having a good time. I think they cleaned up around nine nine thirty. I, I stopped by for about a half hour, forty five minutes. Um, what do you mean? Who is in charge? Uh, Oh, you mean at the party? I don't know. I, I think like Lorelai took, took charge of most. She sent out most of the invites to the hosts. Yeah, yeah Lorelai is one of our hosts in the network. She hosts two shows. She hosts uh, the Foot Up Your Ass. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't say it. The foot at the end of the bed. Uh, <laughs> I like to put up the ass better. <laughs> And she, it, it does help you get up in the morning. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> she also hosts the Angel Rock on Mondays. She hosts on Thursdays. She's the opening show for uh, the Outer Realm on Thursdays. That's big shit, man. You don't get to be an open show if you're not a good show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I think she got eight or nine hundred thousand listeners now on Thursday, Monday and Thursday. Well, she hosts with uh, oh, I can't remember his name. A really nice guy. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. He's a he's a psychic. He's been on here before with us. Yeah, he's uh, I can't I, um, I see him on my my TikTok page all the time too. Shout out to TikTok, shh, cut that shit out. No, I don't know TikTok people. No TikTok. Mm-mm. TikTok is bad, bad. TikTok is a crack addiction, is what it is, man. I think they all have their own addictive qualities to them. I mean, it, Facebook got to the point so bad that I physically had to force myself. Not to get on there, don't answer notifications, blah, 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 just to get, you know, back to reality, you know, and because I would go home from work, get on my phone or computer, Facebook for four hours. Oh, my God, it's two o'clock in the morning. I better go to sleep, wake up, go to work, come back and do it all over again for like almost a year straight. And it just you could never get anything done. If you if, if you answered all of your notifications and you have over like 500 friends, it, it takes you all day. It does take you all day. Yeah, it takes you all day. Oh, we're, we're, well, what the hell kind of weirdness is this? So this phone is getting weird on me. So if I push it up close, it makes me far away. When it's right next to the screen. If I pull it way back here, it's like, oh, oh you I must know have, You must uh, have it on the old man magnifier um, no, application. So you read the, read the magazine. That's why. <laughs> there you go. Because Joe had it on reverse camera. That's why I couldn't get Jay in the screen. Because there was no Jay to get. Look at this sexy bastard. <laughs> look at this sexy bastard. Let's get Okay, well, whoever that is is getting sent to, to online or something. 
If I, oh, wait, if I, I develop any stalkers because of these photos, Joe, I'm coming down there for you. I know, man. <laughs> well, hopefully they'll be at least be cute stalkers. I mean, you know. That would be a bonus. Yeah, in that case, I'll come down and buy you dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. Well, you know, no, there could be some, there's some cutie stalkers out there. Uh, mm-hmm. Carolyn, no. So go, going back to the, the military abduction stuff. The problem is, is, is again, if you go out and get public and you get out in the public mm-hmm. and you get on TV and you get on the radio and you're getting out there talking to everybody and their mama and you're saying, Hey, I'm an alien abduction, uh, alien abductee. That that's not enough by itself to get you taken, but it's other things. You might write a book that may have some information in it. You may go on a radio show like this one and they may ask you some questions uh, that may reveal that you know more than you're saying. So then it's grounds to take your ass wherever they're going to take you and do whatever they're going to do. But on the other, on the other hand, they can also, I don't know if this has ever happened to you. And, and I, I'm not a big researcher. I'm not, you know, Giorgio Sukalos, Eric Von Daniken. I'm not on ancient aliens and anything famous like that. And I was at a bar in Savannah, Georgia, talking to a couple of friends about UFOs and what I knew and, uh, my dad and his work had come up. And at that time, my father's work that he had done for the Navy had no longer been top secret. So I could talk about it. Uh, but, I, you know, bragged about what my dad did for the Navy. We talked about UFOs, alien abductions, and theories on this, that, and the other thing. I think probably JFK probably even came up as well. Bar closes, 3 o'clock. I go home, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. My phone is ringing when I get home. I pick it up, and there's a guy on the other end of the line and the caller ID said something it was a government phone number in Chicago, I believe. I don't remember what it said, but it's some kind of government building nickname. And he threatened me without threatening me, if you know what I mean. I mean, he threatened no my life saying I'm going to kill you if I didn't stop talking about my dad and UFOs. And I'm like, how the hell do you know what I was talking about in a bar seven, eight hours south of you? And you weren't even there. So they had to have had a bug on me. So if if they're if you're of interest to my labs people or military in, interest groups that are looking into UFOs and you're speaking about them and they've heard about you, you don't have to be famous. They might bug your ass and find you. It sounds like well, that. They don't even have to bug you. So uh, way back, oh man, we're going way back. So this is when I first got into the field. Uh, Linda met this guy named Gregory Avery, and uh, he got coined as the orb guy because somehow or another he get orbs. To pose, yeah, I know, I know you're talking about. Yeah, and he did. He was really good at it, and and he was an mm-hmm. attorney. So this this tells you though, people, this is a lesson. This is a cautionary tale I'm about to tell you. So this guy was a brilliant lawyer. He had a beautiful home, beautiful wife, beautiful kid. I mean, beautiful office. He he had so he had set up his office so that everywhere there was a plug, there was a little thing that would cancel out any noise anything that would be bugged or anything like that. And then he soundproofed the walls and then he soundproofed the windows. So wow. we used to have our meetings there. So one day we're sitting in there and I had the curtain open, the blinds open. And I noticed for the second week in a row, this white van parked across the street with tinted windows. So I told us, I'll be right back. I'm going, I, I just went over and knocked on the window. And sure enough, he's got a disc a dish in his hand, trying to listen to what we're talking about. I said, you're having a hard time, aren't you there, boy? Yeah. Parabolic mic. And he was like, oh, no, we, we, we just ain't what you think it is. I said, I know exactly what it is. I said, I got a science bachelor's, dude. I said, don't, don't bullshit me. I said, what do you want? And I said, you're not going to get any information. You're just wasting your time. So about two meetings later, he showed they show up again. 
This time they park on the same side of the street we're on. Still trying to do the same thing. So I said, okay, I'm going to fix their asses. I went up to the window, cracked the window just about this much, and took out a bullhorn and just, wah! You see both the headsets come off and the van just leave. I was like, hmm, guess that must have hurt like hell. And, I'll uh, bet, well, yeah. <laughs> well, you can't, some things you, you, you can't unchallenge them, but some things you can challenge them on. I mean, I've seen them in places, we've been threatened a few times over the years, but then I've seen them in places where we've had the upper hand and they didn't. I mean, we were coming back, we were, we were in the middle of the Honey Island Swamp when I was two o'clock in the morning, and we weren't even out UFO hunting, we had been out gambling, and I was cutting through the swamp to come home. And um, we seen what appeared to be a triangle. And it was like, it was going down the thing in the swamp, kind of doing like this. So I zipped up the, the swamp. This 11-mile road going nowhere. And it finally gets up to interstate. Well, we seen it cross the interstate. So I jumped interstate, but the road ended on the other side right at the Pearl River. So I zinged back around and I lost it. I'm like, okay. So I said, screw it. Now we're on interstate. We'll just take interstate and go home. So we're cruising interstate. And as we're going down, I seen it come back over interstate, headed the other direction, right over the middle of the swamp. So when I got to where it's called Pirate's Cove, I hopped off interstate again and took a left and went down into the middle of the swamp. Well, this thing was coming so low when it swept back. It looked like it was out of control. It swept back one time and just moved my whole effing car across the road. And it wasn't by any shield or anything. It was just sheer force of the wind. Jet as it went. Yeah, it's all it was. Jet, was the, like, the speed of it going I was, past like, I was wow. like, son of a bitch. So I punched it. We get out of that. Then we, we hit it. There's a bridge there. We get on this old rickety bridge. It's about 200 years old. We're crossing bridges. We see it come right over the top of the bridge and nosedive right down into the water. Plunk, it was gone. And we're just sitting there. So we pulled into the. Um, is this the Gulf of Mexico or to the. No, this is, this is in Fort Pike. This is this is where the where Lake Pontchartrain meets the outlet going to the Gulf of Mexico. So it's in like a river going to the lake or to the. Yeah, Gulf. It's, it's kind of it's like a it's like a just just an outlet because you can see the lakes right there. And it's just kind of an outlet that kind of hourglasses and it opens back up into a, mm -hmm. uh, like a marsh. And then there's a couple of deep channels that run out to the Gulf in it. So it, it hits. So we, we pull in the Fort Pike. Which is an old, you know, fort from way back in the Confederacy, before the Confederacy, actually. So um, it was an old Spanish fort. So anyway, we're there, we're looking, and you can see like a glow out in the water. And then all of a sudden, way off in the distance, due straight north, you see this little light. And it kept getting closer and closer and closer. As it got closer, we realized it was another triangle, and it just banked bright and went over the swamp. It was looking. And then here come another one, and there was three of them out there making this big circle looking for this thing. So obviously this thing went down. So we're sitting there. So I call my state director for MUFON because I still have MUFON at the time. I call my – this is another reason you know MUFON's useless. Uh, I call my state director at MUFON, and he's like, we're talking. While this is going on, we're on the phone. My wife's like – and then all of a sudden he goes, do you feel safe? I said, what do you mean do you feel safe? He said, do you feel safe being there? It hadn't even crossed my mind. And, uh, and since Linda was crazier than I was, I wasn't. <laughs> so we were, we were, we were watching. So fine. We're in this big old huge station wagon. So I said, you know what? He might be right. So we, we jumped in the car, spun out the parking lot, hit the road and punch it. This has got a big 396 in it. So it gets up and rolls. And uh, so I'm rolling on down the highway and you see this other one. It's coming. It's leaning like, well, y'all can't see my hands. So it's leaning like this. It's a triangle like this. All of a sudden just leaning. And it's just floating like like the wind was pushing it. It floats over my car. My car just goes, whoa. 
I mean, it just everything went off lights, power, and I mean, it was just like out of a freaking movie. Just that is an electromagnetic shield, probably going over you. And then all of a sudden, behind me, I see another car coming up at really high speed. I'm like, shit. So I'm looking for my gun. I reach to get my gun. I said, okay. And this car gets right on my ass and goes. Government plates. I ran its plates. I had my stepfather run it. They didn't belong to anybody. Uh, An anonymous yeah. agency. Yeah. Well, my, my, my no, Marky, my uh, stepfather's captain of state police in Louisiana. He's he's the one to help me get my voice stress thing. Anyway, yeah, that's how I learned from the state police. I didn't know that did they, John. That's how I learned to do voice stress. Anyway, and then I, I learned more later on. But um, I had some some officers for because I was doing hiring, firing, sent me to school for body language for I mean uh, recognition, facial recognition, body language. But anyway, so this thing books. This car just zings, and he zings fast enough that it rocks my car. But you could see it's a government car. As he zips by, everything comes back on. The car's on. I'm like, wow, okay. And I look down, my foot's still to the floor. So the car just like took off like a rocket. <laughs> and uh, so I let off, I let off the gas. And then I said, screw it, I'm gonna catch this guy because I know I got 396. I'm gonna catch him. I know this car will do 160, 170 easy. So I'm, I just yeah. punch it. Boom! You get a big four barrel kick in. And you, am I, on, by the way, in the station where you can watch the gas needle do this number. But anyway, I'm, I'm punching, <laughs> and you—I mean—you have to be a really good driver to drive through Honey Island, and um, and and make it any at high speed. I mean, I, I lived and grew up back there, so I knew the roads and the snakes and the turns. So it was a little easier on me. But anybody in a car as big as mine traveling over 100 miles an hour is going to have a heart. We never caught him ever. Never caught up with him. Never seen him. Never seen anything. Um, just it just whatever it was just disappeared in the in the dust and was gone. And uh, and then we look back, so we turn back around and see if we could see. You could see the craft; all of them kind of blinked simultaneously, and then poof, they were all gone. I don't know what happened when anything went. When um, we tried to get, we got some people who had said they had seen weird things in the sky that night, but you couldn't get enough of any kind of um, anything to really back the story up, other than what we had saw, and 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 other the fact that I was on the phone with my state director. That was nothing. We lost him. Uh, when that when that thing came over, the phone went dead. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah. And uh, and he he said he tried calling me back fifty, sixty times. So uh, we went um, to his house a couple of weeks later, and uh, Linda was regressed to see what because this whole event was very strange. You know, the whole thing was yeah. strange, and uh, and it was just weird that we what we just happened to be there when one of these things bite the big one. I mean, how the well, you got two big ufologists at the time. Just happened to be where a TR three goes down. It just seems a little bit more than coincidental. You know, yeah. it's kind of weird. Well, and then it, it, it sounds like a Shag Harbor thing, where you get others coming in looking for the other one that went in the drink. Which did, did it seem to you when it went in the drink that it was on purpose or not? It it seemed like it was ditching on purpose, but it seemed like. So when we first seen it in Honey Island, it was like at first it was like a glow. I'm not sure something didn't shoot at this thing, and I don't think it's anything we had. Um, yeah. I mean, even though it's probably our technology, we could probably shoot at it. But it seemed like something shot at it, and then after that, it, it seemed to be swiggling and wiggling, and I yeah. guess an energy weapon hit it. You know, it, it made it from from where we were back around the whole ways is about 25 miles. And it made it wobbling through, and, but it stayed over somehow. Or another it stayed over the river and over the swamp, and never got over a populated area, which suggests they knew what was going on. Uh, yeah, they're trying to avoid it. Yeah, 
And then they ditched in one of the loneliest places in the area. So in, in the water where it would have been easier to recover than on land where everybody would have saw it. And uh, I, didn't, I couldn't find any. I looked for military chatter. I couldn't find anything about it. It was just poof. But we do know. Navy chatter. Maybe, so we, maybe everything would be fine. Yeah, we looked huh? everywhere we could. We, we yeah. checked everywhere we could. So, But we did know. So the TR-3Bs had been running out of, uh, out of Pensacola, out of Eglin. So they would leave Eglin, they would fly north, hop Interstate 10, and stay north because it's all pretty much woods except for Mobile. It's all pretty much woods until you get to NASA uh, at the Louisiana-Mississippi state line. And then they hook a left, and then the other NASA facility is right down there. And, and it's all pretty much swamp until you get to it. You hook another left, you're back over the Gulf of Mexico, headed back from Pensacola. So there's no real areas where you're really crossing uh, any large populations of any kind. And, uh, and maybe and, the odd midnight fishermen out there, but yeah. that's about it. And at the speed they're moving it by that point, you, you, they're just going to look like, what the hell was that? Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. So it's a weird, you know, and we've seen a TR threes a couple times. We were, we were, uh, out by NASA's dentist facility, just laying on top of the car, stargazing what we really were doing. And, uh, I was looking up and didn't hear anything. I was looking up and I'm like, where the hell the stars go? So I'm looking around, you could make out, the triangle shape. There's no lights on it at all. It just was floating along. I swear, sometimes they look like dirigibles where they're just kind of skimming along uh, and they don't really look like uh, a real craft, but obviously they are because they're there. What's that? Well, thanks for stopping by, man. Oh, hey, Nancy. How you doing? I didn't even see you in there. I had to put the thing where I could actually see the chat again. Uh, Philip, um, you mean, is there a way you can stop military abduction? Yeah. Don't tell them you're an abductee. Yeah. Stop being serious. Um, Don't get on ancient aliens. <laughs> what do you mean? Are they penalties? Oh, you mean if they find that you're lying? So you go around telling the world you're an abductee and then the military branch comes on and snatches no you and find that you're lying? Yeah, there's no law uh, to breaking if you say you've been abducted by aliens. Just, there's no law against that. More than likely, they're going to put you with the fishies, man. I'm just saying. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, mm. I wouldn't aggravate these guys. This isn't the official government. There's no backlog to this government there's nobody to complain to uh they're just whoever the hell they are is who they are well i can't there's no um no it's not true denise i am not the general and taught alien abduction i know and i know and i know i know everybody for a long time now seems to think that i got something to do with the military abductions well because more on the military got the freaking this there's a colonel guy calls in the coast to coast and goes well, I know for a fact Joe's in charge of military abductions in the United States. And uh, he even has a say of what goes on in uh, the UK and in France. I'm like, really? So I'm thinking, all right, dude, I'll go along with this. I said, well, where's my fucking paycheck? Excuse my French. Yeah. I mean, I'm in charge of military <laughs> abduction. I mean, I should be living in a big mansion and shit. And, uh, well, no, or at least, be, or at least you wouldn't have to worry about it. Even if you didn't have the big yeah. mansion, you wouldn't have to worry. Well, I'd be a big man. If I was a guy in charge of abducting our citizens, you bet your ass I'd be living in a big mansion. Uh, what do you mean? Oh, they wouldn't let me. Currently, I live in a three-bedroom, two-bath house. Nothing special. Just a home on the water and the coast. There are some mansions that don't have three bars. bedrooms. <laughs> True. Uh, again, I would not come forward as an as a alien abductee until you are sure you're not going to get bothered by the government. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. An abductee is just basically somebody who is going through the starting trauma. I shouldn't even say trauma is really not a good word, but um, 
it's it's you know you start getting this weird feeling uh, that something's weird going in your life. You start having these dreams that reoccurring dreams usually that you can't quite put your finger on certain procedures, certain things freak you out. Like a lot of people freak out when they go to the dentist's office. Um, a lot of women freak out when they were put into the stirrups. Oh yeah, you'd be surprised how many descriptions I got of that because it's one of the things they do on board the ship. Yeah, the, the gynecological d devices they use are very similar to what we have. Uh, Betty Hill even described an amniocentesis, which hadn't been used in the 60s, and they were still using rabbits to check for pregnancies and so on. Uh, I don't think amniocentesis came out until like the 70s, maybe even maybe. Yeah, but it would have been it would have been technology we had though. It's uh, see, my problem always has been the same thing with the hills. Whatever happened in the United States was definitely us. It wasn't anything else but us. And there's easy ways of knowing things like swinging doors on board the ship. I've never heard of alien craft with swinging doors. I've never heard of an alien craft with pull out drawers or pull down maps. I'm just that's that's adequate technology. That's period technology. That's what that is. That's technology of the '60s. That's not alien advanced technology from wherever the hell they come from and time they come from. Uh, that's just regular old technology. It's more than that, though. They took fluid samples with syringes. They took scrapings with razor blades. I've never heard of an alien ever doing that ever. Uh, yeah, they usually have like these strange scoop devices that scoop, you know, like ice cream, like a very small diameter. And sometimes they just use a pure little round laser thing that cuts it out and takes it. But regardless, it's not it's not the kind of technology that the aliens were using. And it was more than that. I mean, it was the fact that the people who took them were wearing black boots, black shirts, black pants and black duck bill caps. That's not aliens. That's that's government. Also, the fact that everyone spoke and wasn't telepathic also suggests humans, not aliens. Um, so, well, no, when you're aboard any craft and you're, when you're aboard a real alien craft, they speak telepathically. They don't, they don't speak. Now, for them, a lot of them consider using a verbal language to be degrading. Yeah, like lower class. Yeah, it's you know they're they're they want and they want us to use telepathy anyway when we're on board their ships. That's why they're taking people who are empathic and telepathic so that they can be they can turn those genes on simply usually just like what Jay was saying earlier, simply usually by being exposed to it enough, uh, it'll turn on. But sometimes I'm sure they just have a way of flipping it on. But most contactees tell me usually because it starts from childhood. See, that's what people don't realize: abductions don't just happen at fifty happen at 40 they happen pre-birth and they go they, all the way up into the aliens yeah. either don't need you anymore or then until you become somebody that's actually working with them but either way um that's how it starts out and we know the pre-birth well, almost almost in every case also the the parents at least one and sometimes cases both parents have been abducted throughout their birth and childhood and adulthood so it it spans not only generations but families, like whole, like they follow entire family. It's kind of, it's, it seems, I don't know, strange to me, but it seems like some of Frank Herbert's novelization is in there. Like there, maybe there's, because I keep talking about the hybridization you program. Know, and, you know, and breeding it's weird out. you say that because I've been, it, I've been, been listening. Yeah, they're, they're trying, they're, they're maybe, I don't know that they're well, trying to make a particular type of being, but they're doing something to change our genetics. Well, it's weird you said that because I've been listening to L. Ron Hubbard's uh, Mission Earth. That was the last thing he wrote, and it's it's huge. I mean, it's I think uh, I'm on book five. There's ten books, and I've been listening to it. It's it's an ungodly amount of hours. Two um, series is about six books, so that's about the same yeah. size. They um so 
So it's two hundred. I think it was two hundred fifty or three hundred thousand words, but it's it's a it's a big ass novel, and yeah. it was like I said, it's ten books, it's ten separate books. But I'm listening to it in audio, which I'm the only one getting to listen to because they haven't released it yet. And it, it, it's been a lot of fun, but it's amazing to me how much of what he wrote is true for today's society. This was written forty years ago, and, and it just, mm-hmm. I mean, he's right on it, and he's using satire for the most part. But uh, one of the things he does is they send. A, a being from their home world to help us to become a better planet so we don't get invaded and wiped out or get invaded and took over. He, he's here to help us, you know, get away from carbon fuels and all kind of stuff. And of course, there's always somebody wanting to kill him, wipe him out. And in his case, it's not just the people on earth, but it's the people from his home world. So yeah. he's having, he's, but he's, you know, it's, it's interesting. And if it's ever made into a movie, it needs to be in several pieces you know we were talking about battlefield earth john and i a couple weeks ago and uh, battlefield earth the book is fantastic i mean but well i listened to the audio i didn't i didn't actually read the book but and we have a 47 hour we play it every year for christmas and new year's it's it's battlefield earth and it's 47 hour audio book is it is actually really good and we play it eight hours a day and of course we always play uh in uh, orson wells original War of the Worlds, not nothing. It's original. It's the original with all the original commercials, all the original talk, everything. Everything's original. You can even hear the scratches and all from the old, the old tape. Since it's did, they, did they go off on NBC radio? I don't know. I think it was ABC. I, I don't. I don't want to swear because I don't. I, it was either ABC or NBC. It was one of the two. You know what? I think so. I think and, so. Um, but uh, but we play the original and it's full, so you get to hear it in its full glory. And uh, I could actually see back in the day why people got a little confused because you know you're listening to the radio and the commercials are on, but he's in between cutting in and out talking about you know uh, Grover's Mill and this that and the other damn thing, and it does sound like something was going on. So it was it was it was fun. It's fun to listen to, and y'all can listen to it every Christmas and New Year's. It'll play the week before Christmas and the week before New Year's, so you can listen to it. And then at midnight on both Christmas Eve and on New Year's Eve, uh, War of the Worlds will play. Yes, so you can listen to that as well. It's just something fun for our listeners. It's something, something you know they can do. How many of y'all can actually be able to sit down and watch, listen to eight hours a day, five days, actually six days? Um, it's a lot. That's a, that's a that's a full time job right there. <laughs> yeah, but I will tell you this because I've had to listen to it three times to get the whole book in. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah. The, the, there's like three hundred thousand special effects, and some of the best voice actors in the world are in this thing. Uh, like in Mission Earth, what's his name? He's famous. He was just on our show a couple of weeks ago. Um, um, oh. Oh, I can't think of his name now. But Jim Mescalin. Mescalin, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, he does the voices in Mission Earth. He's he's actually the protagonist in Mission Earth. Uh, it's uh, – <laughs> I'm telling you, book four was like porn. I told John the other day I was talking to him. So that's porn book four, John. Uh, tying people up, beating them with chains and shit. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, um, you'll have to read it. You can't, I got, I may have one version left. I gave, I gave away almost a hundred last year. Um, I, um, the audio is not available to y'all yet. Sorry. John threatened my life if I release it. So <laughs> it, it's coming though. It's coming. It's coming. Up. It's coming. It's well, it's pretty much done, but it's been fun to listen to. Like I said, I'm on book five. I was doing pretty good. And then I, I've uh, been kind of preoccupied with some other stuff with the station. So I haven't mm-hmm. listened to it, but I'm, I'll be back on it. Well, I'm trying to get it switched over to Prime, but this company we work with with these channels is is how can I say this politely? Get morons. Uh, <laughs> plus, uh, anyway, we're not going to get into that because that's just irritating. Um, 
again, I would I would not go public until you're ready to deal with this. Have a support system. Have friends. If you get meal abs, you're not going to like it. You mean Katerina Wilson. Katerina Wilson and I were good friends for a long time. Katerina decided to get out of the public eye, and she had asked us to take everything down that we could find, and we did so. Oh, there's still stuff available. I'm sure it's stuff we can't pull down because it's on other servers, but she was a MILAB. She's an Air Force MILAB, completely full and aware that while she was in the Air Force, she was being taken. Mm, there's some, there's some, if you can find them, there's some, here, there's some really scary stuff uh, mm-hmm. that came out of those interviews. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're not going to be happy with them. Plus, on a few occasions, the military people who did this would put them on display and, and use them to show how good of technology they had to make a person do what they wanted them to do. Oh, yeah. And, and, and no, this was a much different kind of form. So if I wanted you to do this, let's say I wanted Jay to do this. I'd have to sneak some sodium pentothal and some sodium anethal in his food a good bit. And he that's, in case you all don't know what that is, that's the truth serum. It's also it's also was they used to put you to sleep yes. for deep deep surgeries as well. It's also used for brain aneurysms and if you have uh, I forgot the one that makes you shake it off. But anyway, Parkinson's or something you, like that. Man. Yeah, it's used for a lot of things. Um, so anyway, you get this, you get this, and you get them on there, and then you 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 start bringing them down one level at a time, one level at a time, one level. You get them at level five, you get them really comfortable. You keep bringing them down. You get them at level 10, they're yours. They belong to you now. People always say you can't do that. It's not true. You can. They actually belong to you at this point. Now, if you're strong-willed and strong-minded, they may not be able to do it. More than likely, they will because they'll just keep using drugs until the point where you can't resist anymore. Yeah, People, you know, oh, they beat you. They don't need to do that. They have the drugs now that they can simply beat you out with the drugs. Uh, and you will give in. Eventually, you will just give in. Because there comes a point where reality becomes so blurred, you don't know what the hell you're giving in to. Mm-hmm. And then, of it, course, they it, wipe it. It could be, you know, per- Percocets, Percodans, a lot of chemicals. It depends on your personal, um, your I guess, your personal medical history. I, I've got a serious uh, kidney problem with kidney stones. I've had over 20 of them, passed over 20 kidney stones. And so I have an extremely high tolerance for pain. So painkillers, the mild ones don't, even begin to affect a, yeah. a kidney stone pain. So, you know, there's yeah, enough they, chemicals out there. They can control just about anybody. Well, they use these two. There's a particular reason why they, they use these. It's something that it, it makes the brain just really more acceptable, receptible. Sorry. It turns um, into mush, really. They're, pretty much. They're, yeah. it, they're blanking it out, really. Not, That's really what they're doing. They're just kind of blanking it, and then they can go in and program it. No, when they use those kind of drugs, they're not – yeah. yeah. Louise, when they're using those kind of drugs, it's not so much to get any truth out of you. It's to program you. When they, when they want to get truth out of you, they'll usually use something lighter. A lot of times they will use a gifted telepath who will do a telepathic hypnosis on you, which is a little different than a regular hypnosis. Well, telepathic hypnosis, they can get in deeper, faster, and get to the truth faster because they don't necessarily need to have you do things. They can bypass your own psyche sometimes because they are telepathic and go to the source and pull the source out, and then you just follow the source. Yeah, I know way more about this than I should. Um, <laughs> nah. but, and they also may have some powers we're not aware of. You know, uh, no, yeah, I'm sure they do. Dolphins here on Earth have a sonar device in the top of their forehead, and they use that when they ram a shark from underneath. They use, they focus those uh, ultrasounds to 
burst organs to kill the shark. So who's to say that a, a telepath can't not only get into your mind, but go and turn you off and like make you go right to sleep? Like all they have to do is make eye contact and boom, you're unconscious. Yeah. We don't know. They could do that. They could have that. It's not beyond the realm of telepathy at all. No, it, it's not. I mean, especially if you're on some kind of drugs. Well, yeah. Denise, you're, you're right. You're susceptible. Boom, you're done. Yeah, a good a good psyche can fight another psyche. There's no doubt about that. But if you're on drugs and they're not, you you're you pretty much lost the battle. Mm-hmm. Unless you're just unbelievably gifted. I've only ever met two psychics that that never got anything wrong. And they were, un- they were both unbelievably gifted. One was a black girl from Africa who moved to Europe and now lives in um, Washington State. She's a good friend of mine. And uh, she just got married. Hopefully, she's going to have some babies. And she's the best telepath I've ever met in my entire life. She could probably make a living at it. She's just scared to do it. She's not, we, we put her in a group. And we were rotating, not, not words or symbols, paragraphs. And she was reading it like she, like she was in the thing with us, paragraph for paragraph. Whatever order we moved them in, she would read them. It was phenomenal to watch. It just was. No, Dean, I'm pretty gifted, but not like that. Uh, empathically, I may be more gifted than she is, but telepathically, she's she's more gifted than I am. Telekinesis, I have just not seen. Okay, it's not that I don't believe in telekinesis. I do. I haven't seen any real evidence of telekinesis on Earth. Not from humans, I mean. I have. You know, I've, I've seen little little displays, but so, and and this this helps put this in perspective. If telekinesis was hardcore on this planet, like telepathy and empathic was, you would see leaders dropping dead left and right. You don't see that. So you know it's not there because somebody would have done it to Trump. Trump would have done it to Putin and Xi Jinping. And a North Korea guy, first day he's in office, his head would have exploded. Because uh, you don't understand, an aneurysm, all you got to do is squeeze that blood vessel until your brain dies and then release it. There's no damage. There's no nothing. You don't have no, as far as you know, they died of natural causes. There's no drugs. There's no heart attacks. They just died. Um, it's an easy way to kill people. It's a pain. It's a pretty actually painless way to kill people. And it's mm-hmm. no evidence way of killing people. But yeah. since we don't see no those. No yeah. weapon. So since we don't um, see those on planet Earth, you can kind of rule. Well, it's, no, it's not that some people may not possess a small amount of telekinesis. I know I've, I've gotten mad before and slammed doors because I, I lost my temper, but and I've seen other people move stuff around, but it's not the same as a true telekinesis. Someone that truly possesses the ability can do it all the time. It doesn't matter. Distance really doesn't make a difference either. Actually, for telepathy, distance doesn't really make a difference. As long as uh, they can contact your brain's frequency, they can talk to you. Yeah. It's so, well, if, 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 Ronnie, in your case, if you believe in the cosmic consciousness or just a consciousness that's aware, uh, maybe it's where humans go when they die or something. If you believe that exists and you can contact that telepathically, then you can use it to contact anybody anywhere. I mean, anywhere. They don't have to be on Earth. They can be anywhere. Anywhere that that consciousness goes to. They can you can contact somebody, but for most people they can't do that. So they just they they focus in on the person, and they basically search the I guess energy waves until they connect. Well, usually when you focus straight in on somebody, it's like a like you're sending a beam straight to them, and you know, and they're already sending waves out. So you should be able to kind of penetrate them. But it, it depends on people. Some people are way better than that than other people are, mm-hmm. and the government's yeah. always looking for them. And I've heard I've heard people who have been contacted telepathically from someone not like in the vicinity 
that the difference between them being right in the same room versus somewhere else is it's like when they're in the same room line of sight it's like crystal clear transmission but when they're not in the same room maybe they're on another planet or on the other side of earth even it's like someone yelling at you from the other side of a you know a cornfield you can hear hey but you might not be able to hear what they're saying you know what i mean they can't quite make out what they're hearing but they can they tell some they can tell someone else is putting information in their brain they just may not be able to hear it right away until they focus on it i don't know if that makes sense but that's what i've heard it does to me but it's um well okay just to help y'all i i know i seen i seen the um remote viewing thing okay I'm not anti-remote viewing, but remote viewing doesn't do what the government needs. That's why Ed Dames' program was shut down. I, I know Ed Dames personally, so please don't don't try to act like you know more than this about this than I do. Uh, I'm friends with Ed and a bunch of his, his people. I've interviewed a bunch of his people who were doing remote viewing. So remote viewing is like this. I want to I wanna find a nuclear silo in Russia. Remote viewing is great for this. But as a remote viewer, I need to find the code to the missile I just found. Remote viewing does not work for that. You can't zing down to the side of the missile and look at the code or look at the piece of paper on a desk. But if you tele- have te- telepathy, you can look through the person's eyes. So the person standing next to the missile silo, you can see the code. Or if he's looking yeah, well, at the code in there, or even if it's well, in his they head. Memorized, you yeah, can get it out of the brain. Memorized, you yeah. just pull it straight out of their head. So that's a different thing. So that's why... The Navy and the Air Force shut down the remote viewing programs. And yes, the Navy and Air Force both do have legitimate psychic programs. Uh, they, I, I can't, I think it was around 2000, they announced that they would be looking for telep- te- uh, telepathic people to join this program. I've only heard about this program again in 2010 since, since then. I have not heard about it, but I know it still exists uh, because I got friends that are in the same circle. What do you mean? Why not? Why would I want to work for the government? Good health insurance, but you know. I mean, they're going to pay you good, but I mean, no, because I know they're they're up to no good. They're not going to want me to use my abilities for good stuff. They're going to want to use it for bad stuff. Poking into shit you're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. And you have to remember, a good telepath doesn't mean anything because the Russians got good telepaths, and so do the Chinese. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, Marky, that is a true statement, and I don't know why that is. So, per capita, Oriental people seem to have less psychic abilities than other people on the planet. But since no one's really, really sat down and tested 5,000 everybody on the planet, we poking at this. Uh, maybe it's the Chinese people just don't come as forward. Yeah, I know there's 1.4 billion of them. I understand that. But I don't hear that many uh, Indian psychics either. I do hear psychics coming out the Middle East, though, on a fairly regular basis. Yeah. <sighs> you know what? Maybe it is the bloodlines. Um we have we, all right. I didn't want to bring this up, but we do have a program running to see if if Rh negative people are more psychic than Rh positive, or if it's the same, or if Rh positive is more psychic. Uh, we just we just since there's such a difference between personalities between positives and negatives, I wanted to see if there was anything to this. I do not have near enough. We we've had 500 people respond so far. Uh, when we get up to about 2,000, 3,000, then we'll kind of say, okay, it's leaning this away. It is leaning a direction right now, but I'm not willing. I, I don't I don't want to have to correct myself in six months or a year. So I'd, I'd rather let the program run. data to make yeah. a conclusion yet. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I'd rather let the program run and see where it goes. 
Well, you can make all the predictions you want. Yeah, I, I see y'all. Positive, negative, negative, positive. You know, why don't y'all come in the other chat? Because the message boards irritate me for some reason tonight. Well, because it's, it's on this side of my screen. It's aggravating me scrolling around. <laughs> uh, and it, there's another thing that's interesting about the telepathic assassin. Uh, and this is a fictional idea, but it was a movie with, with uh, Dennis Quaid called Dreamscape. <laughs> Dreamscape and was actually decent. Very decent. And it's, it's kind of a sleeper movie. I don't know why they never made a second one. It would have made a great idea for a television show. But the idea was you have a psychic enter someone's mind while they're dreaming. They enter into the dream that the person is having. While they're in there, they siphon out the information they need from the brain. And if necessary, assassinate the man or person in their dream because of the old wives' tale if you that, that if you dream that you die, you die in life. And that was the premise of the movie is that they would go into these people's brains, steal information, and then assassinate them in the dream. And they die in the real world, just like we're talking about with the aneurysm. No ballistics, no weapon, no proof, no evidence. Sorry, I thought my microphone was muted, but it was muted on the wrong side. No. <laughs> uh, you know, guys, it's it's it's. There's a lot of stuff that goes into this. There's a lot of stuff we don't know what the aliens are doing. We don't know why they're looking at the telepathic side of people. Uh, I mean, we we kind of got some ideas, but then other ideas. You know, is this going to be used as a weapon? Is this going to be used as a form of telecommunication? Is going to be used as both a weapon and communication? Because you know, a strong telepath, especially a normal person that's not has telepathy, they can make you crazy, literally. They could they could legitly make you crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, start just popping stuff in your head. You start seeing all kind of weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Seeing your dead parents talking to you. Hey, come on across. Yeah, we're ready. You're ready to come now. We we've got a seat waiting for you on the next bus there. Now we'll just come on and just put the gun and go. My dog yeah. told me he was the devil and he said to kill people. So I did. <laughs> Son of Sam. That's exactly You know, it's thing. funny. I was I was having a conversation with some Oriental friends of mine the other day. And we were going, ever going on and on about God and spiritual. And I said, did you ever, because I said, you know, y'all eat dogs. He said, well, we don't. I said, but your people do. He said, well, that's true. I said, well, think about this. Dog is God spelled backwards. I said, so if dogs are actually God manifested on earth, you bitches are going to burn. Yeah, <laughs> not, you will not be going to, you will not pass go. You will not collect. Let me tell you what, it bothered these people a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's if that's amazing your belief to me. system and you're not going to get there, that, that can be a harsh revelation. Well, it amazes me that how many people don't realize that dog is God or is God's dog spelled backwards. I mean, it's just so when I say things like that, they're like, well, what do you mean? I said, you know, G-O-D is God, right? I said, D-O-G is dog. It's the same word. I said, just spun mm-hmm. around. And I said, I've always said that I think that dogs are pieces of God made manifest on earth checking on their humans, which ones are going to make it and which ones aren't. I said, I said, my dogs, I'm going to heaven big. My dogs love me. It's uh, not as much as they love somebody else. Ain't going to mention well, there's also, the, there's also the old, uh, I don't know if it's a spoonerism, but uh, what does a, a, an agnostic dyslexic do at night? He stays up and ponders dog. <laughs> I know. Uh, ponders the existence of dog. <laughs> well, remember people, when the great divide happened uh, a million years ago, the only animal that jumped across the divide to be with man was the wolf. Everybody else stayed on the other side, but the wolf jumped across to be with us. 
Yeah, these are old stories, man. Yeah, way old stories. These three, four thousand year old stories. I know. I know some stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do actually. It's <laughs> y'all are assholes. Excuse my French. Um, if if you're if okay, so you want to know what an alien abduction? You know, we, we were talking about, it and then I got sidetracked. So, a real alien abductee really is somebody who doesn't know they're been taken by aliens. It's somebody who thinks something weird may be going on in their life, but they can't quite figure out what it is. You know, they're like, Oh man, no, I have this dream that keeps happening, man. And I don't know what the hell it is. And, uh, and it happens over and over and over. You tell your spouse and they're looking at you like, what are you on drugs? Um, then you start seeing weird lights and stuff in your windows every now and then you think you see someone standing at the end of your bed, you know, things like these can, you know, can wrench a person. They can crack a person loose and stuff, uh, make you kind of, you know, wonder about your reality, your sanity. And, but that's, you know, you're going through all of these different things, uh, while this is going on and this is, you don't know though. And then there becomes a point of clarity, whether it's through hypnosis or through seeing something on a ship that you bring back with you, uh, or if it's a download, there's a moment of clarity when you know now that you're a contactee, not an abductee. Con- don't mean contactees have any better times. Sometimes contactees have rough times too. But you now know that you're being taken, uh, that something is taking you. Whatever this something is you want to make it out to be, something is taking you. Uh, Janine, no, it's the greys reptilians of the humans, but that's not what we're talking about tonight. We're just, we're just making the point for an individual who's experiencing this and doesn't know what a gray reptilian or human is. Just someone who's, they wake up at night and, and, you know, with the cold sweats because something had about a foot dragging them down a hallway or they wake up at night and they found themselves restrained to a bed, but it's, it's, it's not really, it's like a, a, a field of energy that they're strapped down to like other things are happening to them. And then they wake up in the morning and, and there's nothing there, no marks or anything. So they just, it's a dream. But no, it wasn't a dream. They were actually there. This, this stuff. But I'm going to tell you a little secret about this. None of the three races that have ducked let these things bleed in unless they think or have seen something in you that makes them think that you may be useless. I'm sorry, useful or may want to even be part of what's going on. Because they don't ever have to let anybody remember, ever. They can always block it out to where you don't remember anything at all. Remember, 98% of people are taken never remember anything. They don't even have an inkling, no dreams, no nothing. This is stuff that the aliens allow because they're looking for helpers, what we call keepers. Uh, these are people that end up, you know, they, they become contactees. And the more they, they're with the aliens, the more they, they get into the programs, the more they start working with the children, the more they start working with the adults, they become the person who's standing there with them while the experiment's going on. Uh, so there's a human face there. These, these are the people. So these people have way more knowledge of the agendas than anybody else does. Uh, and, and even by saying that, they probably only know 15 or 20 percent, but they know 15 or 20 percent more than everybody else does. So if you when you can get hold to the keepers and I've only ever met maybe two dozen uh, since I've been alive, um, they know far more than anybody else does. And it's a pleasure talking to them because when you're sitting there chatting with them, I mean, it's just information, 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 information. It just doesn't stop. And um and then you can stop them if you feel like something fishy or something's wrong. But I've never met a keeper that wouldn't submit to a polygraph or voice stress or hypnosis. So it tells you right there they have no inhibitions about if you think they're lying or telling the truth. They want you to know uh, what they know. 
which is freaky weird because they know a lot. And when you start talking to them about alien agendas, you realize that, you know, when I got into this, it was agenda, plural, just one agenda. Now it's plural because now it's last count. ICAR did about 140 agendas are running right now simultaneously. And some are just small, dumb, stupid stuff. And some are earth chattering, earth changing stuff that may, may rewrite us and this planet for the rest of its existence. And, um, and then there seems to be other stuff going on that would suggest that some humans, maybe a third or less, may be getting to go live off world sometime in the fairly near future. I don't, I don't really know. People always put a date on, but I, I can't put a date on it because I don't know. All I can tell you is if, if I go by the Holocaust dreams and the technology that the people are describing to me at the Holocaust dream would suggest somewhere, I don't know, twenty anywhere from five. Well, this was a long time ago. So this, this would be in this period coming up close to it. So I'd say anywhere in the next 10 to 50 years. Um, but that doesn't mean they won't change your mind and do something else. Mm-hmm. See, that's the problem when you're dealing with, with someone's will. We don't, you know, okay, well, put this in perspective. So when I got into uh, alien abduction research, missing time was the thing. Well, missing time don't ever happen anymore. Why? Because the aliens got smart and realized that we mm-hmm. use missing time to track them. Lots of stuff that used to happen 30 years ago doesn't happen today because the aliens realized that we use that to track them with to find out what was going on. So they've changed it along the ways. Like instead of having cover memories, they do, um, it's just an overlap memory. So what they'll do is say, say like Jay drives back and forth the same route every day to work, just same mm-hmm. routine. He's done it a hundred times. Well, they'll use that. They'll loop it. So you're not going to question it. They just took you, did all kind of shit to you. But the only memory you have is the ride to work and the ride mm-hmm. home. You may have some weird feeling stranger, but the only memory and the only memory any contact, any uh, hypnosis is going to get is the loop home. You would have to, I would have to put him under serious drugs. And we have to get into serious mm-hmm. hypnosis. And it would take several sessions to get to what actually happened. And that's if the alien didn't decide to intervene and stop it. Um, so that's another problem. If, if it's something they don't want us to know and we're digging to find it, they're going to stop it one way or another. Um, so it, it, it's always, it's always a fight. Uh, they're definitely it, it, doing things they don't want to know about. Great job, sorry. Yeah, if you and if you've ever heard any uh, hypnosis videos where they take an abductee experiencer and, and put them under and then try to have them re-experience their experience, almost every time when they're when they're recanting or re, re, reliving the experience on board the ship and they're under the influence of the aliens. Almost all of the abductees are, they speak in sort of like a fugue state. Like, I mean, like they have no emotion, like robotic almost, mechanical even. <clears throat> and, you know, when, when, they're, when you're hypnotized, you, you still speak kind of funny anyway, but they, they speak even funnier when they're talking about their experience in the, in the craft or under the influence of the alien beings' uh, mind controls. So uh, there's something that, that they do, whether telepathically or maybe there's a device they put around your brain or your neck that kind of just like fuzzes your brain. But they're, they're, the memories they bring back, it's like they were there and that, yet at the same time they were not there, You know, if that makes sense. I'm sorry, I hit the wrong button. Yeah, it does make sense, actually. Mm-hmm. It's um, because it's the way they do it. And, and that was the point I was making. So 
in the old days, they would have done a cover memory. And, and, and actually, cover memory is a bad word so or bad phrase. So, you know, you manufactured say, memory. Well, it's not that. People would say, and this is where ICAR changed the whole scheme of how abduction research is done. So we learned on early on. So, okay, I saw a hoot out. That meant there was a cover memory. And, you know, or I saw a deer standing in a road. Anyway, there was lots of different things people would see. And they would say, well, that was, you know, that was the cover memory. No, that was not. You know what that was? It's just like when you see a UFO. Do you know what that was? That was the memory to let you know something just happened to you. That was the memory to wake you up and make you research into this because they didn't want you to know there wouldn't have been no deer in the road. There wouldn't have been no owl on your windowsill. There wouldn't have been no UFO. None of that would have happened. Yeah. It would have just been whatever, like Jay and I talked about, would have been whatever. Yeah. But that's not what they did. They wanted you. They wanted that waking memory They because they saw something in you. Maybe a kid was crying on a ship and you went over and helped him. Maybe a, a man or woman was in distress. You went over, Whatever it was, they saw something that they thought that they could use. I hate to say it that way, but because they do use this, but um, that's what they thought. Mm. So then, you know, by doing that, they would put in a memory. uh, uh, We call them waking memories so that the person would actually challenge the memory because, you know, Oh, I saw three deer standing and they came and ate out of my hand. Okay. What kind of bullshit is that? Really? I've never had a deer come up to me and do that. So yeah, I, I was, I was, I was sitting, I was standing on the, uh, I was standing on a thing and the squirrel came up and, and, and licked me and stuff. I mean, you know, matter of fact, Laura Lee was telling a story the other night about a skunk that came up and licked her on the toe. I was thinking, you know what? They might've got her right there. <laughs> I'm going to have to tell her that next time I see her. It's, um, but you just, that's what they were. They were, they were memories that were given to the people so they would want to know what happened to them. Again, you didn't need to see any deer. You didn't need to see any owls. You didn't need to see anything. You didn't need to see any kind of UFOs because UFOs are always waking memories. People get so mad at me about UFOs. As a matter of fact, when I, last time I was at the X conference, I brought it up. I said, look, I said, only contact DC. If you, oh, no, no, no. I said, then why don't more people see UFOs? Uh, I said, no, see, you can't even answer the question. And why don't more people see UFOs? Okay, right now, everybody, all 8 billion of us have a camera in our phone. 8 billion of us. But yet we get less pictures now than we did in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Why is that? Ooh. And the pictures are of lesser quality, even though the cameras are of better. Are far better, well, yeah. We're getting far worse pictures with far better that? cameras. So, so people, <laughs> when, when they don't want you to know something, it's, it's easy for them to keep us from knowing things because we're just, we're just not to that level of education yet. We're just not there yet. But again, the cover memories are not cover memories. They're waking memories. That's what they're there for. So if you start seeing owls and sitting on your porch or you start having these weird things sitting around your house or you start seeing UFOs every day, that means your ass has been being taken. Start seeing which find someone in the field that's reputable. There's only maybe five of us that, that I would even say. And I'm not going to say anything right now because I don't want to get anybody mad at me. But if you write to me privately and you can't get to us, I'll tell you some people you can use out in California, out in the West, but uh, or on the East Coast. But um, still, people. That's what it is. So you see a UFO. So here's a perfect example. Phoenix, Arizona. Big, huge, freaking two-mile-across ship over Phoenix. Not just over the mountains, but over the entire city of Phoenix. I talked to Lynn. Over Albuquerque, too. I mean, it wasn't oh, just yeah. Phoenix. So I talked to Lynn Kataya about this. I've talked to many, many witnesses about this. But when you do the numbers, what is there, two and a half million people live in Phoenix? 
less than 5,000 people saw this thing. Mm. Why the hell is that? I'm sorry, less than 10,000. Why is that? Mexico yeah, City. Because it was on the news. You would yeah. think everybody were going outside and going, oh, wow. Mexico City, 1988. 22 million and a half people lived there, people. One million people saw this UFO. Probably the largest number of people ever to see a UFO hovering over a city, including the mayor, the police chief, a bunch of other people saw it. But 21 million people didn't see it. And this is broad daylight sighting. And there were people out there pointing in the sky and shit. And people didn't see it. Why is that? Mm-hmm. If everybody can see a UFO, then all 22 million people should just... And there's not just these accounts. There are literally hundreds of these kind of accounts where there were multiple witnesses, but other people standing right next to them and could not see it. Just Let's just go back and look at the nuclear silos. So in every silo case, one person could see it, one person couldn't. There'd be two guards on the thing. Guys, look, look at a UFO. The other guy saying, you're crazy. There's nothing there. And all of a sudden, the base goes dead. People inside the base who were watching on camera said, oh, there was a UFO. Go, no, there wasn't. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, so it tells you right off the bat, only contactees can see it. People who have been exposed to them in the past are the ones that can see it. And we could go through these numbers all night long. I mean, there's, um, here you go, Gulf Breeze, Florida. Uh, Linda and I were down here for this. It was in 98, I think, 97. Anyway, uh, Unsolved Mysteries was there. Uh, this was after uh, Ed Walters and all of his stuff that happened to him and, and uh, debunking and all this wonderful stuff. So we're down there. We're on a nine-day, I'm sorry, 11-day vacation. We go down to Florida. We get down there. We check in the hotel. Unsolved Mysteries is there. There's people everywhere. There's UFOs everywhere. Stuff's going on. 200 and something people on the, on the, on the train bridge watching because uh, Unsolved Mysteries is there. They're filming everything. UFO comes out. It's a green thing. Comes out from the Gulf. Cruises under. No, I wasn't at that part. And it cruises under. It's just stuff we were told and seen. And uh, anyway, it comes cruising under the bridge, under all three of the bridges, and then under the train trestle. And then it goes out about 200 yards. No, well, I'll tell you how we know. And it went out 200 yards past the train trestle, lifted out of the water, and all the witnesses said the same thing. There was gold molten blobs coming off it. Everybody had a camera. I don't know if they just panicked and didn't take a picture or if the pictures didn't come out either way. But the next day, Linda and I met the crew of Unsolved Mysteries at the hotel we were staying at. They were staying in the same place we were. And that's how we found out about all of this. Yeah. And then two two days after that, which this is a book in itself, we went missing for nine days. Oh yeah, it's well documented too. It's uh, and uh, it scared the head of move on so bad he wouldn't talk to us for almost a decade afterwards. God, it was it was it should, it should have scared anybody that was involved. Plus, a couple of letters we mailed back for the move on disappeared completely. Were cut up, and I mean, when I mean cut up, I mean to little pieces like this. Somebody took the time to go back and scotch tape both sides all back together correctly. For what oh. reason? Yeah. I mean, we didn't have a copy of the letter. So when we got it back like that, it was, it was, I, I don't even know what to think about that. Uh, and well, yeah, people, a lot of weird stuff happens when you get involved in this. And I tell researchers all the time, you know, people tell me, I'm going to be the researcher that breaks it. I said, you know what, dude, I broke a lot of things over here and it has made a difference in the field. And I'm not the only one that's helped make a difference in the field. I said, but uh, if you think you're just going to come in and change it, it doesn't work that way. It's uh, Unless you get a grade to come sit on your lap and say, hi, big boy, it's not going to change in the way you want it to change. Yeah. Well, what do you mean they play favorites? Well, in a way, I guess they do play favorites. They have the humans that work with them. That's their favorites. 
Well, I would imagine with the greys or the reptiles, think of it this way. So the greys live, no one really knows, but they figure millions of years. So the same gray could be started abducting your family, how many ever millions of years ago, and still be the same gray taking them today. So he has intimate knowledge about your family that you have no knowledge about. Mm -hmm. He knows your family in a way that I don't even think you could know. And if reincarnation is real, then he's getting to meet the reincarnated when they come back. Mm, nobody ever thinks of it like that. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's yeah. when you, you can add anything into this. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not that I don't believe in reincarnation. It's, it's hard for me because I think of reincarnation differently, okay? Because I believe in the multiverse. So the multiverse changes reincarnation. So if if there's a hundred trillion J's out there doing every perverted thing that's possible to think of, we're um, there. <laughs> so 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 when they all die, they'll just pop back into one being. Okay, so what do you need to live anything else? You just lived everything that was possible to live, right? Yes. Wow, but the way the trick comes in, you lived it in that time period, whatever that time period is for you, a hundred years probably between start and beginning. Uh, maybe 200 years. So then the only reincarnation would be you coming back to another time, but all of y'all at one time. But of course, once you've experienced everything, what is there the experience? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, they say this is, this is a, a, a school a learning area where we're, our souls are to learn what, what I, they don't say, but uh, once you learn what you learn, you ascend to the next level. Allegedly. Yes. Um, I was put here to teach by the way, people. Yeah. Um, so, some of us, you know, people always tell me about karma and all that. I said, this guy's going a big lecture. Really famous guy, too. I went to his lecture because a friend of mine bugged the crap out of me to go. And um, so we're sitting in a lecture. He's going on and on and on. I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to shoot myself. I'm going to die at a new age lecture. And, and, you know, just thinking, oh, please, please, no, no, no more. I'm sorry. Guys, I, I, I don't mind new ages, but sometimes – it gets oh now I forgot my whole point, but uh, it gets a little crazy. It, it really does. Uh, Marcus, oh you're using a Roman name. Well, it took me a minute to see what you had written there. What do you mean aliens love us? I guess I guess because they haven't wiped us. I guess you could say that. Not that they I haven't tried. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I, I would say that. Well, okay. There's a couple ways of looking at this. Is it the is it the aliens stepping in to keep us from wiping ourselves out, like with, with the Roman War and all the and the Greek Wars and the Persian Wars and all these wars that have been going on? And are they the ones that, yeah yeah all of these wars? So are they the ones stopping them because they're like it's enough of that, or are they are the ones starting them? Well, this next one, World War Three, going to be a bitch, people. So you better hope it doesn't come down. Uh, and I don't know if the aliens are going to step in. They didn't step in for Chernobyl or Fukushima or Three Mile Island. Yeah, uh, but those uh, weren't military necessary applications either. Yeah, but they were pretty big disasters that are still wreaking havoc but today. Still localized. I mean, it's not like you know, twelve million people died at once. You know, uh, Carlin. I don't know. I I, I have not seen. In, in history and today, I have not seen where the aliens have so much stepped in and chosen our side. I, I, I haven't seen where they've not chosen our side, but I haven't seen where they really and truly for me, when I look at the aliens, I look at it as 
we're their pets and they have their agendas that they're working. And the reason I say pets is, is because we're not quite to the level to understand most of the technologies they use and most of what they do. Most of their technologies to us are magic. I mean, we just, I mean, nothing like on the grays, every, there's no, there's not even any instruments. I mean, everything's built in, whatever you think about appears to be used. I mean, the ship manufactures and makes anything you want at the time you're thinking about. It's insane. And it's alive. And then you've got the the reptilians and humans, they, all their instruments are wireless. Nothing touches anything. There's no, best you can tell, there's nothing connecting anything. Reminds me of Forbidden Planet, actually. Um, it's very strange, but what do you mean, John? Forbidden Planet in the, in the movie, there was advanced culture, none of their um, instruments were wired to each other. Advanced technology that the professor found, an Earth professor. Yeah. Well, no, you, you couldn't even find what... Pa- we, you knew there was a power source, but you couldn't understand how it got from the power source to the instrument and worked. There was nothing connecting it. So, yeah, it means yeah. the power was traveling through the air. Bob Lazar talks about it. that in, in real depth in some of his interviews. That uh, And then the craft he works on, I, I, I don't I think he believes it was from Roswell in 1947, but I don't know that it was the same craft. It don't The description of the craft he looked at is different from the drawings of the craft I've seen of yeah. the Roswell vehicle. Um, however, so, in any event, he does talk about how the the the, the reactor the the that uses unum pentium element one fifteen uh, that there's nothing. It, it's just this thing. It's in the lower level, and there's no connecting to it. It's in the, where the, it's beneath the, the beneath that is the gravity bottles that change the gravity waves. But on the main level where the control station is, there's just this little looks like a teapot and you just put this little metal coin in it. And it's basically like a, a coin operated gravity vehicle. It, it's well, that's a couple things. Well, no, what, uh, Mark, we'll talk about Lazar in a minute. Um, so here's a little weird theory for y'all just to mess with y'all. So the Germans are the ones and probably around 1909, 1911, they got their hands on a saucer. Nobody knows how. They don't know if the humans gave it. We do think we think the human aliens and the saucers belong to the Greys. We think the human aliens somehow got hold to a Grey saucer and gave it to the Nazis, or gave not to the Nazis to the Germans. Now, in nineteen thirteen, from nineteen eleven to nineteen thirteen, the Germans tried to build four saucer type prototypes. One was a tank, but it looked like a saucer. One was yeah. a, how anyway one, two, three, and four. Yeah, so they tried to build these four prototypes. But they had never done anything like this before, never had any idea what this was, but they were pretty much failures. So, you know, World War One's over with, time to move on. The saucer shelves somewhere. Uh, World War II comes in, Hitler's like, all right, we need whatever technologies we can get out of this. Now, remember, one of the reasons that the aliens may have gave the Germans the technology, because at the end of the 18th century going into the 19th century, the Germans were by far the most advanced people on the planet. They were more, way more far than the Americans were. The whole World War II, the Americans were playing catch-up, which means World War I, we were way behind to start off with. So yeah. the point being is, if you're in a alien race, you're coming here to look for the most advanced culture, it was going to be the Germans. You would have went to the Germans and gave them the technology. So you give them this sauce. So And, and here comes World War II. They're, they're just leaving us behind. Thank God we just had sheer numbers on them because they were leaving us behind everything. Their pans and their tanks were better. Their planes were better. They had jets at the end of the war. Thank God they didn't get them until the end of the war. Yeah, um, they came the out in 44, 45. I mean, they, didn't, uh, they didn't have enough of them. Had they made enough, we probably would have lost. But well, we'd have lost, we'd have lost England for sure. Months. 
Yeah, we'd have lost England for sure because by the time they oh, got yeah. to the U.S., we'd have had we'd have had them ourselves. But um, and if they wouldn't have turned on the Russians, they would have they would have took Europe. Europe if, would have been there. There was nothing we could have done. Done that, yeah. We at least Europe would be all Germany now. Yeah, we we wouldn't have been able to stop it um, until we got the nukes, and then we could have started saying, "Okay, Russia, yeah. you're going over there." Pfft. Germany, we're going to give you one shot to surrender. If not, poof. Japan, you're already been yeah. poofed. Um, yeah. Well, people, y'all, people realize this. Without the poof of Japan, that war would have went on another five, six years. Hitler wasn't giving up yet. It, Even though he's about Germ- to die, he still would have. Uh, if if, if uh, Germans would have made bombs, it every year, the bombs didn't really get the emperor to surrender. Uh, and then this is historical. After the second bomb. After the first bomb went off, the worst he made worst. a statement. I don't remember what it was, but it was a bold statement. And then the second bomb went off, and he said something to the effect that uh, we will fight until every last man, woman, and child breathes Japanese air on these islands. We are not intimidated by this. And then a couple of weeks later, um, in August, um, Russia took over Manchukuo, which had once been Manchuria, a state of China, assassinated Emperor Hirohito's cousin in the streets, like a summary, summary military execution, just and uh, they started putting men on the beachhead and their uh, transports, troop transports, Navy starting to load these guys up. As soon as the Emperor saw that, they're like, we're done, we quit. They were more afraid of becoming communists than they were afraid of becoming friends with America. So they, they gave up to us. It wasn't the bomb that did it. Well, it, it, well uh, damn, where'd I go? Oh, it couldn't have hurt much. There so. you are. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's, uh, guys, there was so much that played in World War II, it wasn't even funny. I mean, that, that was way complicated. There were several turns where America could have found it. So, well, America would have never really lost. It would, there would have been nobody on our s- soil, if that's what you're asking. But Europe yeah, and our, our manufacturing abilities, just that no one could, they, they couldn't outmanufacture us. You know, um, Europe, Europe would have found itself. Uh, handed over during Japan would have kept its its territories, but by the time Japan and everybody got back to building, we'd have passed them all. Uh, we'd have been ready for a serious war. Well, you got to remember the U.S. didn't have anything at the start of World War II, just like we are right now. Most people don't realize it, but our country's about a third of where we should be for a war ready nation. Yeah, because we're not supposed to be war ready. We're supposed to be defending ourselves, not conquering. Yeah. Anyway. You mean, why don't the aliens stop in in places like the Ukraine and, and Israel? It's not their headache. It's not our headache. We shouldn't be there. Why the freaking aliens should be there? I mean, <laughs> why really. Are we I, there? You know, when you think about it, no, the aliens shouldn't be there, and neither would she, we. I don't hate Jews. I got friends that are Jews. No. I, look, I don't hate them for what they're doing. I'm not going to get into this much because that's not what the show's about, but I don't hate them for what they're doing because they were horribly attacked. Just like we were at 9-11, that's why we went and took over two countries in the Middle East. So we're, we're far. We can't say anything about what Israel's doing. But and, and another thing, too. I mean, yeah, okay, so the region is a little miffed that they lost their land to this. I mean, it's a strip of land no bigger than New York City, 9 million people. I don't know why they're miffed about it. But, you know, you can't just have people attack civilians like that. It's That's... Super, super. I mean, in America, when a guy goes after a cop to try to kill a police officer, the rest of the police officers, they go after that guy hardcore because anyone who's willing to 
injure a, pu a public servant like that, an armed public servant like that, is a, is a threat to everybody. It's, you know, not just the police, but everybody. You have a group of terrorists who come out and attack civilians exclusively and only. You're telling, buddy. Huge. That's a huge, huge danger. I mean, it what do you think it would do to someone who has a gun? I mean, well, you know, it's like we were talking on the show Friday. I mean, with all these illegals coming in, we don't know if we've right, got yeah. another army underneath ours. Well, we'll find out all about it. Well, the point being is the aliens ain't going to save us. They're going to be like, you stupid asses, let it happen. It's, yeah, it's our fault. Because maybe maybe the aliens are looking for the, the fittest. You know, we always we always talk about uh, we always talk about nature. We always talk about the animal being the fittest. You know, that's when the one that survives. Um, maybe that's what the maybe that is after all what the aliens are wanting to see. Who's going to unite the planet, and how are they going to unite it? America had its shot. We blew it at World War II. We could have easily united the planet. We said no. We own seventy five percent of it, and then we could check it. You can see the territory yourself. Seventy five percent of Europe would have signed right on. After what had just happened to them, we'd have dropped two nukes on Russia. They would have surrendered. They'd have been American now. Mm -hmm. China would have just collapsed because at the time it couldn't have withstood us. There would be and one they, world. They now. were also our very best friends back then. So they probably would they have would signed have. up. We wouldn't have to so, do much. Um, so there would be a united yeah. world right now. There would probably be way less starvation on the planet. There'd be le way less crime. There would be no reason for us to spend hundreds of trillions of dollars on weaponry and, and all this. We get to, all the money, just think the U.S. is going to spend a trillion dollars this year on weapons. Worldwide, you're, going to, you're talking about two and a half trillion dollars. They could be spent on what? Cancer? You know, fast. If we'd have been spending this much money on cancer, it would have been cured two decades ago. Mm -hmm. Not just that. I mean, this we would be a society that probably lives to be 200, 250 years old. We'd be a much more, our, our, everything would just be better. We'd probably even have reached a psychic ability by now. But no, that's not what we did. We said, Oh, well, we love everybody. Let's give it all back. My biggest problem's always been if we're going to lose any of our lives, we don't give territory back. I don't give a shit. Wait. <laughs> don't give territory you, back. You, and, like Iraq, we should have split it up in the states. And stop adding fluoride to the water. That's another oh. thing that's probably hurting the entire planet. Well, at least America. I, I think most of Europe. Well, you has know, it's funny you said fluoride. that because um, down here they still put fluoride in water. But, yeah, same here. but the administration, so when I was a kid, the administration got smart. They said, I don't remember who it was. One of the one of the guys who was a politician happened to have been a doctor. So he had he said, We're only gonna have enough fluoride in there to affect your teeth and nothing else. So he lowered the amount of fluoride in our water by like I think it's seventy-four percent. And uh and, and nobody said that, you know, but it made it, you know, he even he said a decade later it made a difference in the population. Uh it was dumbing us down, which is by the way, what our government always wants to do is dumb us down. Yes, they don't want you to believe in aliens. No, actually, they do want you to believe in aliens now. You know, they just found a bunch of water on Mars. Um, so not only do we know there's water on Mars, we know there's water on the moon. So there's places we can start colonizing now. We can start making efforts to move forward and, and getting off our planet. And I don't want to get off our planet because I don't like our planet. I love our planet. Um, but I think mankind as a species needs to get out, get moving. Because until Earth becomes a united Earth, uh, we're just playing Russian roulette. It's just a matter of time. Okay, you got Putin now. Um, not the most friendliest regime. But it is funny to me that um, we're fighting with Putin and Russia, arming Ukraine, but we're still doing joint missions to space. I know. 
It, it's it's world's weird right now. Uh, what do you mean I have to take sides? You mean in Israel and Palestinian? I don't have to take any side. No. I, I, as in old days, it's, I have no dog in this hunt. Uh-uh. No. I don't have to take sides. Why do I have to take a side? I think both of them are effed up. You know what? Come, come listen Friday night, and I'll tell you exactly what I think about both of them. Yes. And I'll also tell you what I think about the U.S. getting involved and our, and our government. Just come listen. Oh, yeah, I've been really – Jay and I were way animated last week. (laughs) If you ask me, my opinion on the area, and I've been saying it since like even in the 80s when I was in high school and even back then, I was not very – I wasn't as politically aware as I am now. Uh, But however, I've been saying, look, someone has to be the adult. You got all the – more than one group, but all these different groups, and you can even narrow it down to two or three religions, and they're fighting over something. Remember back when you were a kid and you're fighting with your brother over a ball or a bat or a toy? Yeah, I just slapped What him. happens? Someone, someone becomes a parent, comes in and goes, that's mine. You go to your room. You go to your room. This is over. Someone has to take away the object of interest. We don't know what that is. Maybe it's the land. I don't know. But say, hey, look, we just since we have the ability to, and I don't think anyone will challenge us, you just say to the, anyone in the area, look, here's what's going to happen. You all go find somewhere to live. In three months, we're dropping nukes and we're turning this into a giant glass desert. Be here and die or leave and live and, and just leave the challenge like that. That's what I that's my that, that's my solution, because there is no peace in this region. In, you know, in any of the written history of our planet. You know, it's interesting you said that because I was just told. Oh, I shouldn't say I was just told, but we were listening to an interview today on, on my way home. And they were talking about the survivability of where I live. Man, I'm in a good spot. Even though I happen to be in between two NASA facilities, a CB base and an Air Force base, two big old Navy bases, you know, 60 miles away. But yet, I'm like, man, they're going to blow the shit out of this place. What are you talking about? All this crap around here. And uh, But for some reason, Eglin is a strategic target. But Eglin is 900 square miles uh, of, no, I'm sorry, 900 acres, I believe. I, I get it confused. It might be miles, but I think it's acres. Uh, they have 36 different runways in there. Some of them in the middle of the swamp that when you get it, when you finally get an aerial shot, when we've got a few, there's nothing there. It's just a runway. There's no buildings. There's nothing. So it has to be some type that has to be an elevator that goes up and down. I mean, it's got to be something there. Uh, because I mean, what, how are you going to get out and out of there? I mean, what is it there for? Just an extra pad when a helicopter comes into something? Well, they're big enough to land plans too, but well, a helicopter um, would need a runway. They just need a square pad. They don't need a long stretch. So yeah, um, but they might, they might have it for both. But anyway, they, um, so one night Linda and I were in, um, Gulf Breeze, Florida and we had the camcorder with us and we're sitting there. And they had just built this new runway off the beach and they had put up a new tower a new, a new uh, conning tower. I was like, what the hell is this? Where'd this come from? Because it was never there. And there was still the other one on the other side of the base where the majority of the big runways were for the big jets and the, and the big cargo. It was still over. But this was a new one. And it was right on the beach. And it was weird. So we're sitting out there and we're watching. And we see this thing come up. And it just sits off the beach. It's just sitting there. About 10 different color lights going around on it. Just, you know, all over the place. It didn't look like any kind of conventional lights, you know, like you see the red and green port and story i mean it just you kind of like and then it kind of went up a little more and it stopped right at the beach and it just hovered there and we hovered there for a while we're sitting there watching what the hell is this so i get we got the camcorder out and we watched it and went up went past the tower 
and there was a runway right there. I just sat there for a few minutes, and it came down. Yeah, like my sound effects, and then it came and it landed. Yes, I am a grown man. Thank you very much. I can do sound effects if I want. Anyway, it came and landed, and after it landed, we watched it for a little while, and then it disappeared. So you couldn't really tell, but it looked like it just went. But it was hard to tell. We were a half a mile, um, maybe. Let me see if I can find out. About a half a mile away at the time. And uh, and I had to get the picture off of my TV to put on the website, which bit big, you know what. Yeah. Uh, I don't curse people. I am I am a virgin. Yes. Not sure a virgin of what, but I am a virgin of something. There's something out there I'm definitely a virgin of. Yes, Jay's a virgin too, yeah. Jack's a virgin too, even though he's got kids, he's still a virgin. <laughs> yeah, man, what are y'all talking about? Look, with today's new rules, I can be a virgin. I'm just saying. Hey, if somebody can all of a sudden decide that they're one of 96 different uh, genders and call themselves something other than their actual biological gender, why can't we call that? You know? Yeah, that's right, people. It's all about. Personal okay, alienigma.org. All right, let me see if I can find this. I have not been on this. Oh, did I put this on? I bet you I did this. Let's go put it on Google. Since which McCallit hates. Uh, StreamYard, y'all need to get where y'all can use Microsoft too, because I like to use Microsoft sometimes. Yeah. Uh, not all the time, but on some things I prefer. It works better. Okay, so let's go up here and put J and I in the thing. Um, oh, you mean coming up next? The Outer Realm. With the fabuloso Michelle DeRoche and the insane Amelia Pisano. Yes. No, she's a food tease. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was teasing her with donuts last night. She kept saying, oh, they, I hate donuts. Like, you liar. Liar, liar. Pants on fire. Um, no, that was at the Halloween party they were having that I crashed. Uh, let's see. Share screen. Elian Enigma. Yes. Let's get rid of this. I think I got two of these open, so let's make sure one of them goes away. Is this the one I'm looking at? I just got to find which one I'm using. Damn it. All right, we'll just use this one. This site is old. I mean, it's at least 25 years old. This, I put this site up when, when we went public into the field um, because there was stuff we talked about throughout the years uh, that we never talked about, you know, we never said. So I didn't want anybody, and, and sometimes stuff's on here, like the thing I was talking about in golfers, we didn't really reveal that for a decade after we got into the field or more. might even been longer. But when we came out, I wanted it to already be here. So the people who found the site got to read about it. The people who did not find the site did not know it existed. Um, so this was an old group we used to have. God, I forgot all about that group. Let's see what we can go find on here. Uh, where are we? Are we on the homepage? Yeah, we were. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, welcome to Alien Nigma. I don't need to see all of that. That's just stuff. 82,000 fans. Okay. Abductee. Uh, see, look at this. Just Y'all want to know about abductees? Here are 54 things that can help you understand if you're an abductee or not. Uh, hello. There you go. There's one for you. Head of false pregnancy and a missing fetus. We could talk about missing babies all night. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, actual medical evidence about that. <clears throat> these are different cases. This is a case I actually broke here at Mount Rainier. Uh, these, some of them are different. Uh, 
some of this is uh, stuff about uh, Linda and I. Some of it is, is about other stuff. Uh, this is one of the Air Force, it's Eglin Air Force Base, but this is part of an account we, uh, of what I was talking about earlier. This is other accounts, which is not what we're on here for. This site's old, people, so don't give me no shit about the way it looks, okay? This thing is, is it's older than half of you people watching this <laughs> But see, these are all just different accounts, yes, and 19, just to give everybody uh, an idea, and there's more as you go through. Uh, Oh no, we 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 don't mind sharing. Just like I said, this is just an old. This is another one of our experiences that are up here. Look at this day. Wow. <laughs> these 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 dates are way wrong because all that. I mean, these times are all wrong. Uh, this is other people's experience. This is where you can actually post your experience. We still get. I haven't posted any recently. We still do get people who post to this site and give us their experience. Probably a handful a year, but still, uh, is this what we were looking for? These are pictures either we took. Oh, okay. This is the thing right here. So, sorry for the bad shot, mm -hmm. people. We have to get the video. This is what I was just talking about. This, this is a golf breeze. Yeah, this is a golf breeze. This is an Eglin Air Force Base. So this is the thing. So when you, it's hard to tell because of the damn photo. But when you were watching that, I still got the video by the way. It's um, when you're watching it, it's like flashing yeah. all over the place, and you can see the different color lights around it. So it was it was almost like it was almost like one of them old movies where the thing was spinning and uh, around it or something on like ring of it and then it was causing some kind of sparkling action off the yeah. sides and off the side. And anyway, this is when it moved in because you can only see because this tower light wasn't on up here, but this is actually a tower right here. And right right past this light over here is where the runway is. So it's hard to judge distance here, but this is actually quite a distance apart because we're we're like I said, we're almost two-thirds of a mile down the beach, half mile. So this is probably a couple hundred feet apart you know, on each one. So this thing just was sitting out here, and it just came drifting in. It sat here. This is at the edge of the beach. And then it just went on into here, sat its ass down, and disappeared. Um, and uh, the, these are all cool. We got something like this. But this is it again. This is a more out, mm -hmm. outside shot. But, I mean, you can you can see it coming in. I'm so glad I kept a video of this. And uh, I'm not even sure what the interference over here was. It's hard to say what that was. And then you can see there's all kind of shit in this. But it's just sitting there. No one today, and we've met many people over the years that were in Eglin. No one today could tell us. This is also an Eglin. These little girls are all over the place. You see this? This reminds me of that, that, that spy movie where you retired when you tried to escape. The ball came and got you. These are radar tower or radar cover domes, right? They're scattered all over there. Um, I guess low radar low, for low infantry under 500 feet. But they're not just that because they open. So I thought maybe it was some type of observation, maybe some type of telescope, but that's not what they are. Um, yeah, that's that fence you see right there, ladies and gentlemen, that is Eglin Air Force's fence. I'm actually standing right next to there's a, a park right there that you can go to. And you can get in this area by just walking out in the water and walking around the fence. Um, but these are all over out there. Made me think it was some type of early defense system. But I, I can't. I'm just guesstimating. And there's other, if I, I don't know if there's any more in here. These are drawn from actual contactees who actually saw things that look like, you know, aliens. Let's see. Is it this one? No. Is it this one? Is it this one? Oh, this is Larry Hatch's. I miss Larry Hatch so much. I don't know why he don't do this anymore. 
This is one of his maps. Now, he did from 1948 all the way up until, I think, 2004. You could wow. actually overlap these. Okay. Now, when you first look at that, you think these are cities. But these are, are mass UFO sightings. This is where lots of sightings are happening. Everywhere you see a dot or a bright white light, that is either a UFO sighting or clusters of UFO sightings. You ever overlaid that map over a Bigfoot sighting map? I'll bet you they coincide. Well, in the old days when he still had the U database up, he did that for you. Cool. Uh, so he had all of, like I said, he, he really did good. What else was great about this map was when you start doing them, you know, from forward, like say from the forties up to us, you'll start noticing across the oceans and then you can actually, cause you're moving them fast. They look like they're moving. So you can actually see they, they have lines they take. They have actual direct lines at like they're leaving the United States from here, which is a pretty good cluster. They're shooting straight across to the UK and you can watch the different sightings as it goes into the UK or goes up somewhere else in Europe. I mean, it's a great database. It's a shame he took it down. We got more of the, his maps on other sites, but um, he did such a, uh, and see, this is from 1990 to 1999 is what this map is for. Uh, so this is what, two decades ago now? Yeah. A little more than that. At that time, these sightings were in the US, United States at that time. See, he's got the Baja Peninsula down here. There's some Mexico sightings. But you will notice something, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> the majority of sightings happen where? Does anyone know? Even, even though you got a big cluster, you got a big cluster right here. If you notice, they yeah. follow the coastlines. Yeah. And they follow the coastlines. And, they, and look, that's Gulf Breeze in Biloxi. It's actually one of the biggest sighting areas there around there. And uh, that's that starts, uh, that's actually uh, Mobile and Pensacola and uh, Panama City is what that is. Louisiana don't have you, that many sites. I wonder what you would get if you overlaid a map of U.S. military bases and nuclear facilities over that. I bet you get a lot of coincidental. Well, you know what? So look, here you go. So yeah. there are wow. places. Yeah. Okay. So this is this is UFO map for 2000. Okay. This is year 2000. Now look at that band going from Maryland all the way across down to the corner of Texas. I mean, look at it. It's ridiculous. And then, you know, we just talked about this big group, this big group right here, the one that leads well, you across. Boston. Yeah, and you Boston, can start yeah. to... And you can start to see the dots I was talking about headed out the other way. Yeah. You'll also see them on this side, too. So we can actually look. Now, the Canadians, y'all don't look like y'all get screwed around with as much, but y'all do get messed around with, but not like the States. I mean, it is it is so heavy. And so. And this is when I broke this. This pissed off so many people in ufology when I said, because people always say, oh, it's rednecks out near trailers, whatever. And I brought this forward and I said, really? I said, it looks like the majority of sightings to me are in big cities. Yeah, I said so. Bite and, and me. Where do you where do you think the, the majority of abductions are coming from? And from big cities. Yeah, the, and there's there's at least one good story that I remember of, and I don't know the time frame. I think it's the '80s, maybe. But anyway, these people were frequently abducted from their, I think, way high apartment building, well over fifty, uh, you know, uh, fifty levels. You know, they're in a high rise. They're getting abducted in the daytime and the nighttime by aliens, UFOs in, in the middle of New York City being taken through their plate glass window through whatever you know devices they have to do that kind of technology. And there's at least one witness 
account that talks about a UFO being outside of a building while people are being drawn into the vehicle from the, the apartment building. Uh, so think about that. If they can just drop down in New York City and grab you out of your bed from a 50-story high-rise and only one person sees it over your lifetime, come on, that's, that's some serious technology that they can just do that at will and without even being seen by the naked eye. It's actually amazing, but I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Gene, no, I'm looking for another picture. Actually, I can't remember where it is on this freaking website. <laughs> well, it's been a while since I've been on here, people. Come on, cut me a break. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in this website. It was our original website. I mean, it was the original, the very first website we ever did for uh, anything alien. It's, it's, it's like one-stop shopping website, mm-hmm. but it's old and there's a lot of old stuff, but, Actually, come to think about it, this ain't the website I want to be on. Let's go see. Hit the right buttons. What do you mean? Wait, what? I will slap somebody. Oh, you forget to pay your Wi-Fi? <laughs> no, it's all no, because all the rest of the sites would be down, uh, and we wouldn't be chatting right now. I just forgot a W. I think. I see somebody wants to be on the radio with this. What the hell is this? I don't want to see this. Take me to the website. Yeah, what the hell's going on? Well, I'm going to have to sue somebody. No, what the hell is going on? Jesus. I'm I'm going to go tear somebody and you you know what. Uh, uh, Well, sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I could not tell y'all what the bleep's going on at the moment. Uh, Definitely not uh, cool, whatever it was. Yeah, it's not. I'm going to have to tear somebody up over that because that don't even make any sense. Uh, we, last time I was on, it wasn't that long ago. Huh. I use it. We still use the site. It's giving me something not secure. And then some PHP. W, I don't even know what this means. Oh man, I'm at the Taylor Homestead. I knew you know what. <laughs> no, it was at one time. It, well, it's mostly always been on on Homestead, but it was on um, on um, GoDaddy for a while uh, when Daphne's son was doing it. He was he's pretty much a 13 year old psych genius, is what he was. Hopefully, that's what he's doing for a living, unless he found something better. And what is this? Why am I getting a what the hell is this? Not even English. Code, machine code, maybe? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to bitch. I wanted y'all to see that, but I guess we ain't going to get to see the site tonight. But uh, I'm not exactly sure what was going on there. Well, no, it gave me some PHP fast, www. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, open, quit, it. I don't know what that is. I, it's, uh, it's not even going to the site it's supposed to be going to. I don't know, Jack, but we will find out. Trust me. I won't be happy when I get home, hold the homestead tomorrow. I can tell you that. Yeah, we use homestead as a uh, as our um, – They have we have like 15 sites with them, I think. Yeah. No, we use them for our – yeah, that's what we use them for. Well, they're pretty good, actually. They're reasonably priced, and they um, – well, I've been with them from when they were free, when they were free website way back in the day. Yeah. They started out as a freebie, and I used to use them and something. I forgot the one Yahoo had. And um, 
I used them for a long time. And then they started charging it because they started offering way more packages and way better stuff. So I was like, okay, I can deal with this. Well, yeah, because, you know, you you want what you want. Uh, I don't know. I have been there. But anyway, we'll be talking. Let's go back to what we were talking about. No, I, I just wanted to bring up the picture that Jason took. Jason Wilson took a picture in Blunt Island, Florida. That's what I wanted y'all to see. It's, it's a fabulous picture. Um, it's... It's a one of a kind. You just, it's one of those things. So we were out riding around. Uh, we had left New Orleans. We were actually one of the very first electric cars, very first Priuses built. Well, not the very first electric cars, very first Priuses. Electric car comes way before that. But anyway. Yeah, they had electric cars in the 1800s, actually. And so anyway, we were, um, we, we were out and about. We'd been in a lot of areas uh, filming, looking at stuff. We went to Aga Cruiser. We were on an Agus Cruiser base where they were taking them apart. Um, we were on, there was a big, uh, big, huge national park next to it, right across the bay. So there was a big park, beautiful park, actually. And then right across the bay was a deep, deep water channel with an Agus Cruiser base. Right down from there was this big power plant we ran across. Well, UFO sightings happen a lot of times around power plants, deep waters, and military base. So here's three of the things you look for when you're looking for a sighting. And uh, and we're right smack in the middle of them. And so Jason, like we always do, we always have somebody snapping pictures. A lot of times you just get a bunch of garbage. Um, you know, it, it's it's just you're cruising along and, and there's nothing. You know, you just you get a lot of bullshit, skies, trees. So he took, I think, two shots of this power plant. And one of them is this picture of a big, what looks like a donut over the top of the power plant, which we did not see when we were driving. It only comes up in the film. And it was just, you can see it. It was just a little trickle of smoke coming out of one of the towers. And whatever this thing portal was above it had sucked it up and had made it a big swirl, just big ass swirl. And it was a hole in the center. So it was spinning. Yeah, it was definitely spinning, whatever it was. And, um, so it looked like a, some type of wormhole. That's what it looked like. And then a couple of months later, we were reviewing the video. I mean, that's a video of that picture when someone noticed right next to one of the smokestacks, a little tiny little ass UFO headed right for the center. Um, that kind of clinched the deal. Coast to Coast used it a couple of times when I was on with them. And, uh, but I can't, it bites me that this, this thing's not on. I want to go kick something. Yes, Jackie, I want to kick something hard, man. <laughs> I don't like when things don't work the way they're supposed to. Well, you know, we pay money for this. Yeah, we do. You mean, uh, you know, I'm trying to think how many. Uh, I, I'd have to go look and see, but we've got what? I know right here we got one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen websites on this one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, we still have websites over at GoDaddy. No, 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 no. But we still have websites there. You can you can check it out too. Well, we got hidden websites on here like alienabduction.info. Uh, it's just a site for special you know things we're doing with special abductees and contactees, so they can use it. Uh, usually it has like a chat portal and other stuff that you can uh, get it out of with just little stuff 
we still got one of the couple of the old ones up there, like the UFO alien phenomena. Uh, yeah. Well, we own a lot of this stuff. Just because we don't use it, don't mean we don't own it. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I do not see the iCar website, which I'm kind of wondering about why. Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay, that don't make no sense in there, Shiri. Yeah, because it wasn't on. It was on here. What the hell's going on? It's going to be one of these kind of nights. I'm, no, I can't find out tomorrow, but I will first available day. I will be on the phone with them going, where is the website at? Uh, it should be right there. iCard.net, right? Uh, it's .com, I believe. It oh, might be .net, .net too. Huh? Well, the .net's just spinning. <laughs> oh, I don't know, Gene, but I'm about to find out because um, I don't know. Oh, there it is. Now it comes up on here. Okay. phpfastwww.opiquad.it. That's what I got. Same yeah. I don't, okay. I don't, okay. Maybe let's go see. Uh, Not secure. Few websites. Try try icar1.com and comes. Oh man, it's been busy this week. What the hell? I brought stats up on it. We we can't get it. Apparently, other people can get into it. Icar1.com. Same thing. Nope. Hold on. I'm still thinking. Wow. Well, it's been. See, I'm, oh, I'm icar1. Icar1 is working. Is it cool? Yeah. All right. All right. So let's go see. I don't know, people. We're just having some weirdnesses going on. Well, we ain't got too many minutes left because you know the boss lady is going to be on pretty soon. And she said she's going to hurt you if he runs over. So I, I thought we'd run over just to find out if she's telling us the truth. But, well, yeah, you know, I'm not sacrificing this is the one, myself. This, this is what you think has the, the video? All right. Yeah, yeah, I got it to come up. Let's, missions. Okay. let's see. Let's see. Oh, it's, this thing's got all kind of shit on it. This thing was designed to be for one-stop shopping, and, and it's it's behind right now. I got to go in and change all kind of stuff. So, let's see. Present, share screen. I call one focusing on the truth. This is just one of our websites, people. Sorry about that. I don't know what's going on with that. There we go. Okay, we got all kind of wonderful stuff on this. This website has been around for a while. It's not our oldest website. Alien Nick is probably our oldest website, but as far as the UFO stuff goes. Yeah. Uh, we got all kind of fun stuff on here. We got photographs. We got these kind of mm -hmm. things. This needs to be updated. We got all this pretty stuff over here. Alien abduction criteria. Uh, research on, on... Oh, okay. Oh, there's a blood type. Sorry, I forgot that was oh, the Drake equation. You guess it on the Drake equation. Yeah, I put that in there. Well, I was just throwing stuff in here that people who might be interested in aliens with the mosaic project. That was uh, the mosaic of the extraterrestrial experience. That was done by one of our directors, uh, November Hansen. She did that. That was a pretty good report she put together. And um, why well, directors used in the old days they wrote all kind of stuff. Today it's a little different because we're 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 preoccupied with some other stuff at the moment, but that's changing. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, see all this stuff. There's stuff all over this damn site. And uh, yeah. let's go back up here. Where were we going? Uh, audio links, video links. Uh, let's see. See all of these albums. Now, I'll tell albums. you a little secrets. There's a lot mm -hmm. of photos on these pages. Most of them are real, but we did throw in 
the occasional hoax. And the reason we did that was, is we used to tell people all the time, find the hoax. You know, we wanted, we wanted to see if anybody could find the hoaxes. Most of the times people did not find them, which was, okay, what's going on here? Drop us a line. And no pictures. I don't see diddly squat. Yeah. Let's go try this one. It's a, well, this isn't where these are. These, was. these are actually albums. So I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, yeah, they should be going. I know people. What can I say? Let's see. We'll just go over here. Okay. It's going to be in one of these anyway. Now, some of these you'll recognize, you know, wow, take a look at them. There's some good ones up in here though. The yeah, one right Gulf here, does anybody know what this one is? That's Gulf Breeze. That's Gulf Breeze. They hit it right off the money. Uh, this is also Gulf Breeze. Another Gulf Breeze. Yeah, that's a good one. That 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 Gulf Breeze one there it, it, did, it was years, years, years later um, when I saw some of the Billy Meyer photos, and I'm like, that's a Billy Meyer ship. It, it, it's not as clear as the Billy Meyer photos, but that bottom you know, one is so close Billy, to Billy Meyer's machines. Billy effed up that. Um, so. You know, I've done, Michael Horn does um, Billy's uh, stuff. And mm -hmm. Michael and I have argued many times because the problem for Billy Myers is, this is him in his car, is that some of his stuff is real. But unfortunately mm -hmm. for him, some of his stuff is hoaxed. Yes. And and what happened was, and, I, and this happens to a lot of people who have had experiences. They can't get him to repeat fast enough and either the fame or whatever it is, the attention, whatever it might be, uh, tends to get them. And then they 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 fake them, they hoax them. This is a TR3B. It's yep. um, and then Billy's Myers. That's what happened. He actually admitted to it later on, but uh, but he's got some really good because I don't want to take away from the legit photos that he's got. I mean, he's got some fabulous stuff. Mm -hmm. um, this is also golf breeze. Yeah, I remember that the blob. <laughs> you know, so I mean, the golf breeze photos are great. I mean, this guy got great photos. People wanted to give him shit. So, you know, a lot of times, well, if it's too good to be true, it's not true. Well, that's not always true, people. That's not always true, yeah. You know, sometimes too good to be true is just what it is. Did I do this one? Yeah, yeah, also don't forget, never look a gift horse in the mouth. And that that guy, what was the guy in Gulf Breeze? I can't remember his name. He, uh, Ed Walters. Ed Walters, yeah. It, it, yeah. Well, he got a lot of fame out of that, but, you know, the negative uh, feedback as well. Uh, but you know that change, it's kind of a life changer because he was he had 15 minutes of fame for what a decade or so. 11 okay, years, this this is a picture I was talking about. I need to save this image. Okay, yeah. Okay, let's put it in here. Okay, I'll save the other. One. So you're looking at this image. When we first seen this image, we're looking at all of this. It's boring image, right? Yeah. So you can barely see right here. Yeah. And if you notice, there's a smoke coming right out this tower. Going this away, it's catching this thing right here, and it's just being drawn around. And there's a little circle right here. So this is a better shot of it. Yeah. So you can clearly see the smoke being pulled over, and you can clearly see the center has a circle. So yeah. what you couldn't see in the other photo is this little thing right here. There ain't no way that's a plane or anything else. It's too close to the power plant. It has to be a UFO of some sort. And look, and you can tell the bank was going to take it this way. Yeah, it's it looks like it's it's looks like it's you know yeah because it's, yeah, it's got it's got the bank so it's coming back yeah, this way into it. To so people, did, like I said, this is a one in a lifetime picture. I mean, you can clearly see the smoke being pulled into something, and you can because think about this, people. This is a calm everyday day. So you, you were, you were there when this was taken. 
Yeah. So this smoke should have just been going straight up. Let's go back up. Um, yeah. But it wasn't. You could see the bend in it. And as yeah. it bends, it creates. And even in this picture, you can see this little circle. But you can't see the little UFO guy. He's right there. And, um, I, I, you know, this was a power plant. UFOs are known to be seen over power plants. Uh, the smoke, I'm, I'm assuming, and I'm just as a big assumption, that this is some kind of energy being pulled from this that, that they can open the portal. There you go. It took in March 2004 with a digital Canon A60 camera. Yes, we try to document everything correctly. Uh, so you can see it for what it is. You can make your own judgment, but I don't. It looks like a portal to me. I don't know what else to call it, Jay. I'm, I'm confused. It almost looks like that that helical thing that was over Finland. Yeah, a couple of it years does. Ago. It, it almost, does. yeah. That picture's in another group we had somewhere. These are pictures Linda and I have taken different places. I don't know what the hell this thing was. It's uh, you can clearly see it's a weird ass shape. I thought it was like a meteor or something, but it was flying mm -hmm. in a straight straight line. Um, no telling what it was. Meteor in the atmosphere that high would definitely have fire on it. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it, whatever it was, it looked like some type of craft. Uh, this is another shot of the one from we were talking about earlier. Uh, these were these were taken off the camcorder. These were pictures taken off yeah. the camcorder. Um, there's that thing right there. Yeah, oh, that, another yeah. picture. Yeah, but I mean, when you get back to this picture, it's hard. Uh, I don't know what else I would say if you. Have, this is definitely a power plant. Right across from this power plant is a big old state park, an Agus cruiser base, and a really deep water channel. And here we've got some type of portal with a craft looking like it's going to it. Um, I, I, I don't even know what to think. And, and thank God that you can blow it up uh, so you can see it better. Um, so put this in here. That, But that's when we seen this, when this got blown up. But, you know, it's not actually swirling, is it? It's kind of misting around. It also kind of looks yeah. kind of thick. I mean, I can see the hole right here. There's nothing in the center. But yeah. it, this this wall looks thicker. Almost like it was a craft of some sort. Kind of, and the sm it sort smoke of was like going the, around the, the, the saucer section of the Enterprise, but it's flat. You know what? Not it, may, it may not be a portal. It might be a craft. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, y'all seeing this, I mean, as, as well as we are, so you can write back and tell us what you think it could be. I mean, we uh, have. How about this? What if, what if that's what if that uh, what we're seeing is just the smoke being attracted to the machine? Because we know smoke generally tends to travel towards the hottest thing nearest it, whether it's a light light bulb or a human being or whatever. Smoke goes towards. Well, that's what I'm figuring. I, I was figuring. So maybe it's a craft that's that's cloaked from uh, being you know optical seen, and the and the smoke is bouncing off of its light screen. It's quite, or, it's, or it's quite possible. Screen. Yeah. It's quite possible it's it's a big saucer, and that would be one big ass saucer at that too. Well, people look. Yeah, that's got to be a look at the base, know, man. I mean, look at the the place. Is a bigger, or bigger diameter. That's a big ass saucer, and he just, I guess, it parked in the wrong place. It's just, just, just one little. Without this, none of this is possible. Without this smokestack being on, we'd have never saw this. And even if you did, you would think it's a lenticular cloud, a natural formation. You wouldn't think it's some sort of anomaly. Yeah, because when you look up here, you're kind of like, you know, yeah. the edges are too too sharp to be anything else than, yeah. than something being there. But, you know, portal. And the more we look at it, the more I think it's just a, a solid craft. But And this is just the bottom being covered. 
and this opening is probably where this little guy here is headed to. And it's, that's the shuttle. The question bay. is, yeah, the question, excuse me. The question is, what was this guy doing? Where the hell is he coming from? What kind of craft is it? I mean, that's the best zoom yeah. we can get. And it looks it, pretty small. If, I mean, it, yeah, because look, here's, you can see the river. So this thing right here we're looking at is probably 10 feet, maybe 15 feet thick, tall. And if you do this section right here, it's probably 10 or 15 feet. So this thing is not very big. It's the size of a F-35. If that. Do you, do you that. have the original data? Uh, just a picture off of here. That's all we got. That's all we kept. Yeah. Uh, Jason may have maybe to, to Bruce McAvee. I bet you he can tell you how big that craft is. Well, this is the original photo right here. Yeah. And that tower has got to be 300 feet tall. No, it's a big tower. So, I mean, yeah. you're looking at one, two, three, four, five, about seven stories. And this is double stories? that. This is about seven stories over here. Let me, so let that's me count again. Let me, let me make sure. So one, two, three, four, five, man, I don't know, maybe six and a half stories, but still. So anyway, this would be at least 13 stories tall, maybe 14. So that's 140 feet. Uh, that's pretty, that's pretty big. And, um, and it's going to be pretty big around. And, uh, and that's, it's shorter than the Washington Monument, which is 155 feet. I would say that the craft itself is probably the size, maybe an F twenty two, maybe maybe maybe, maybe bigger. It, it's it it's probably, but you're right. It's probably some type of uh, either cargo ship or I don't. It's cost too small for car. I think it's a shuttle. Carrying, Where it's coming from, I don't know, but I think it's a shuttle. Yeah. It's it's some sort of little shuttlecraft, one or two person maybe, and then it's going up to that giant craft to, to dock with it uh kimberly this was taken by jason williams in the back seat of a prayer prius that we were driving around in florida in. well that's what we tell people take pictures you never know i get all kind of weird shit in our pictures we just take pictures take pictures i mean we've got to throw a lot of I, recently right now i've got to go through my phone i got like four thousand pictures and i gotta go through and get rid of half of them but <laughs> and some of that not, no not all of them have anything to do with ufos i mean there are some ufo stuff in there but a lot of them's just stuff i do for work for both jobs Excuse me, for the media and for the um, radio station. Well, there's about a lot of uh, gala pictures in there from Writers of the Future's last two years. Yeah, I could post those up for y'all. But anyway, getting back to this because we got to get out of here. This is a fabulous picture, people. Mm -hmm. This picture, I'm, I'm going to put it back up because it should. It's a picture that should be viral because, frankly, I've never seen one like it. The closest thing I've seen to it is the Drobostone looking thing that Jason was talking about. I mean, Jay, Jay was talking about a few minutes ago. Yeah, the Drobostones are really cool story too. Yeah, it's um, it's we. I think it was on the Alien Enigma site I had it on earlier. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it yeah. was. The one, the one that fouled up on us. <laughs> yeah. So, well, no, no, these two didn't work, and I don't think it was on any of these. Uh, no, it wasn't. There's a lot of good stuff in these guys, but. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff in here. We did this. We really did do this so people could really get an idea. Look around, saucer, saucer, you saucer, saucer, yeah, saucer, I mean, saucer. Now, this is what what I took a picture of. Bang uh, So, in a different place, see, it's leaving a trail. What are these little fighters coming on here? What we got? An American, mm -hmm. German, and a that's, UFO. That's yeah. That's World War, World War Two. Yeah. Wait, this was over. This oh, was, so they were flying antique planes. Oh, okay, yeah. So this is over Sussex, uh, United Kingdom. See, I like that they tell you where they're from. 
just gives you an idea to let you know that it's not just an American thing. But the point yeah. I was making on this page, everything he has a sauce on on this page. Yeah. Everything. And and that proves our point that the Greys do more abductions because the Greys fly out of sauces. It's uh, yeah, we got plenty of proof for that too. And I mean, here's just more. I mean, there are countless amounts of these things. Some are better than others. And most of these pictures you can blow up people, by the way. Yeah, uh, the see, the photographic evidence alone is is more than enough if you were to take this to court to get a conviction for whatever you know yeah. legal case you'd need. It's overwhelming the amount of information that's out there just in still photography alone. So on these, like I said, you can click these. You see how much clearer the picture and how much bigger the picture is. It's more than that, though. Here's the data with the picture. Mm -hmm. All right. So it even tells you who, who it came from, who it set up for. Um, it's, and then you can see, of course, this looks like a base and probably the Antarctic or the Arctic. Uh, no, here you go. It's, it's Resolute Bay, Canada. Yeah. yeah. Which and looks so, like ice <laughs> or snow. <laughs> looks like a bunch of – anyway. And see, here's another one. And this looks like the one we just seen. And these, and here's more information on these. So, you know, this was over Hungary, by the way, in 2001. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's so many of these. You, you could go on for days and days and days and days. Yeah. Well, this is on the iCar site. It's the iCar1.com site, yes. And, uh, and more saucers. And more saucers. And more saucers. This, unfortunately, was a hoax. Uh, good, though, but it was a hoax. The guys yeah. originally did the video. Yeah, it sucked. Mexico, yeah. But the one they're talking about that sat there for 24 hours looked like this one. Uh, so I'm not sure why they decided to hoax it, but I'm not going to hate on them. It's, uh, we published it when we found out it was a hoax, so that's a legitimate hoax on that page. But that's my point. When you go through and look at these, it's hard to tell what's what's good and what's fake. Mm -hmm. More saucers. Oh, here's one of the bells. There you go. Oh, look at oh, this. Oh, yeah, That's one of the acorns. Valley, Alabama. I didn't even know this existed. Mm -hmm. And it's on my website. Shame on me. <laughs> uh, and it's like, what, one state, two states away from you? You know, next time I got Jay on, maybe, maybe we'll talk a little bit about the Dark Knight satellite. Is Arizona. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Well, we don't have time now. We're out of time, guys, but uh, I'm just going through these right quick while I got y'all on before we release this over there, Michelle. Yeah. It was just all this yeah. stuff. And every day people tell me, well, they're not real, Joe. They're not real. And I'm like, why don't you go do some research? No, they're not real. Yeah. I said, no, you don't want them to be real is what the problem is. They are real. Yeah. And, and you want to go high. You know, I've been preaching that for 40 years, man. Sometimes I get aggravated with people. We well, see these clusters. We've seen this before. You see, I mean, so oh, this was this was Puerto Rico. There's actually videotape yeah. of that. And um, <laughs> I've seen that picture. Yes, actually, I'm pretty sure it's a F14 Tomcat. Yeah, um, I think, and there there is a there is a motion video that goes with it, and it's only a few seconds yeah. long, but yeah, it's uh, it's it was some sort of event. I forget what it was, but that that jet, I think, was part of a, a group. That was doing like an aerial. Yeah, there was more show. than one jet there. Yeah, and that and that UFO kind of flew into the frame as they were doing a maneuver. It was uh, it was a very interesting case. One of my all time favorites. I know a lot of y'all aren't familiar with the uh, the Belgium sightings, but uh, they were TRs. What looked to be TR three Bs. They were way bigger, right. so they weren't ours. Uh, so one night, NATO got the wild idea to send some F sixteens out. So 
F-16's got this is all audio tape. You can somewhere I probably I got a clip of it somewhere, but you can probably still find it on the net. So the audio tape, the F-16 pilots approaching it. And he's talking about how big this thing is because it's over a Belgium city and it's bigger than the city it's over. And uh, he's like, sir, and he's describing how big it is. He's, you can hear his voice and you hear the other two pilots talking to him, about three pilots talking to him. And the guy goes, well, uh, should you engage it? And the guy's like, hell no. And then you hear an American come on because the other guy had an accent. Americans, no, we should not. And then you hear what sounds like a colonel comes in and said, you will engage this. Or you will not, you will uh, be uh, court-martialed. And the guy turned his jet around and said, guess I'm getting court-martialed. All three jets turned around and left. There's actually video of it. Uh, they mm-hmm. left. They were like, no, we were, because this thing was huge. There's no way anything that was on board of ships could have ever hurt this thing in any shape, form, or fashion. It was just, yeah. just frankly, just too big. And I think they were carrying probably class one sidewinders in a day. So they yeah, Which will take out a plane, but not a boat. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, it's carrier. just... That, that thing was too big. You know, it's funny because we haven't seen too many cigars in here. Oh, here's the movie. Oh, hey, there's the uh, Apollo 20 alleged picture there in the middle. April 20th, 1972. There you go. Uh, for all you non-believers, we're not. This isn't the moon. This is Phoenix. I mean, this is Arizona somewhere in a desert. Actually, it would probably be more like Nevada's desert, but still. Oh, I know they got the wrong boots. So, so what? Let, let's look at this. So, what's the odds that somebody just swapped out the boots by accident, or we didn't go to the moon? Hmm. I don't know. So, I got another question. Since we're on that, why hasn't the Russians or the Chinese ratted us out? Because remember, the Russians, the Indians, the Koreans. Right now, nine countries have uh, orbiters around the moon. Nobody's ratted us out. Matter of fact, some of these countries, including China. Posted pictures of the landing sites as historic things. China or Japan or somebody was supposed to have or had sent uh, a, a probe, like a, like a robot rover, to the Apollo 11 moon landing site. Uh, and, you know, like where Neil stood on the, the moon for the first time. So, I mean, if our equipment's not on the moon and yet their equipment is and we didn't go, how did it get there? Now, if I remember what that astronaut said the other day, the type of boots that they were showing, they didn't start using until around Apollo 15. They, they've they got these rounded things in the bottom. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said they didn't start using them like Apollo 15 or 16. I don't know. It wasn't an astronaut, people. I know he said he created the moon landing. What's his name? Uh, Apocalypse Now. No, that ain't Stanley him. Stanley Kubrick. It is him. Okay. He said he created all the stuff for the, the moon landing. No, he denies it all flat out. But he completely there is some video uh some garage found video in um on the website so you can see that he has uh it ha- looks like him directing them filming the fake moon landing but he flat out denies having any involvement with it whatsoever now you know i do remember this i and my ufo things i ran across i was i had done an uh, interview with um Gordon Cooper and um, oh, what's his name? Edgar Mitchell, and Edgar they Mitchell, yeah. and he they both you know, Gordon's been running around for years saying we didn't go to the moon, and then every now and then he stops and says we did. But he he for years been running around saying we haven't been going to the moon. I, Edgar, I think he's I think he's coming. I think he's affected by Alzheimer's. If you look at some of his old older or newer interviews, rather he's he's yeah, out he's there. Kind of, yeah, he's he is, yeah. and um, but Edgar goes. 
He said, well, I'll tell you this, Joe. He said, let me ask you that. He asked me a question. He said, do you think we went to the moon? I said, I think we went to the moon. I said, I, I don't think that our government may not have had a backup plan because it's our government, but I think we went to the moon. I said, am I wrong? He said, no, we went to the moon and you're right. He said, the government had arranged for a backup plan to be filmed in case something happened. We would have just said they went to the moon and they died on the way home. That way we still get credit for going. Yeah. And he said, then we went later on and staged whatever needed we needed to stage. He said, but no, we actually made it. And uh, he said it was a great thing. And he went on and on and talked about it. And he said, and then I asked him, I said, well, Neil Armstrong said the reason we didn't go back to the moon and we didn't go back to these areas because y'all were approached by extraterrestrials. Is that true? He said, he said, I'm not going to hate him, my friend. He said, because I'm not going to tell you what happened or didn't happen there. He said, because it's not my place to tell you. He said, you know, he, he said this on air, on, online. He said, uh, I have friends. Yeah, the interview's available. People, y'all can find it. It's, uh, it's going to be Mark X Conference, one of the X Conference interviews. Um, he, he wanted people to know that we went, but he also wanted people to know that there was a consent, contingency plan. He said, but the contingency plan was never used. And he said, and frankly, he said, when you look at the contingency plan, you would have figured it out. We didn't go. Um, yeah, and if the if the contingency plan was the footage that they have of Stanley Kubrick filming a fake moon landing, uh, it's it's schlock. It, yeah. it doesn't look nearly as as not not even close to the actual footage from the moon. Yeah, there there were just unfortunately there was a lot of people. There's a lot of haters, but now we've actually got live footage. I mean, live time footage of the the landing areas, and still people are going to be like. But then yesterday, a guy told me the planet was flat. I'm like, okay, well, it's flat. I don't care. <laughs> and we and we've talked about this before on the show that you can, if you have a powerful enough telescope here on Earth, you can focus it on the moon to the eleven or so, or five or six, eight, nine, however landing sites we have up there, and you can see the equipment. You can see the American flag. You can see the shadows of our stuff standing there on the surface. On that note, guys, we got to get out of here. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to United Public Radio, UF on the cover with myself, Joe Montaldo, and Mr. Crazy Ass J Man. <laughs> uh, no, he's on. He's on UF. I'm sorry, he's on uh, Church of Mavis with Church Jeffrey Prentice. And every uh, three Fridays. No, his last name is Mac Nichols. I just don't always call him by his last name. I usually just call him Jada Man Man. Well, I don't call him Jack. Nope. I haven't actually changed his name yet, so that's a good sign. <laughs> no, Sean's name got changed so we can do the three J's. Yeah, yeah. that's all. That's why we got to find a girl like named Jennifer or Jean or you know something yeah. like that. Jackass, yes, Jackass. That sounds better. But, <laughs> but anyway, by the way, ladies, we are looking for a fourth on on for news on the flip side. We the show has always had a female co-host with us, so we really want to bring one back. And I seen what you asked earlier about her. No, she doesn't co-host with us anymore. No, she ain't fine. She's still got a show on the network. Mm -hmm. You mean she got fired off? No, we didn't fire off. Her. She oh, just, she's, she's on 7 o'clock Fridays right before Church just, of Mavis. No, I, you mean off news and flip side? I didn't fire off news and flip side. She just, you know, didn't want to do it anymore. Maybe she just can't hang with the boys. Maybe it was the flat earth shit that sent her over the edge. I don't know. I, well, because in all fairness to everybody, I have no problem believing in God or, or the creator or anything else like that. Religion, I have issues with. You know what? That's what we're organized religion, particularly. On one of the news on the flip side, we'll dedicate an hour to what religion has done for planet Earth. Well, it's, it's not, not all bad. 
but it's not all bad. I mean, in all yeah. fairness, to religion, all good either. <laughs> it's not even close to all good, but <laughs> but uh, but there are things that it, it was good for us for. And people, remember, treat your dog correctly. It's God made manifest. Oh wait, I'm gonna burn in hell because I, I hate to say this, people, but if God's what we they say is, I don't think he, he's got any problem with dogs. I mean, if he's a loving, kind guy, he probably thinks dogs the next best thing on play, place next to man. I don't know. You have to ask him, her, or it. Everything else, because he made it. Yes. Janine, what do you mean, what sex is he? You just said he. (laughs) I don't know. There you go. (laughs) Man just says, because we've created our own image, and his own image is us. But that didn't mean, oh, because Adam was created first, and then Eve's people. Uh, So y'all know there's about 10 creation stories. Yeah, and the aliens and are involved. Not in, the first, <laughs> yes, and aliens are involved in at least three of them. So, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, it's, it's just anyway. We got to go. I want to thank again everyone for tuning in for United Public Radio and you for the cover. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, no, it was a good show. We had a lot of fun. Talked a lot of topics. Got a lot of good abduction stuff out there for everybody who wants to uh, get involved in alien abductions. By the way, we are looking for directors. We're always looking for contactees and abductees. We always want to talk to y'all. So be free to write to me at icarcox.net at any time. On that note, stay tuned for The Outer Realm with <laughs> Michelle DeRoche and Emilia Passano. Good night, everybody. Good night. Dun, 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 dun.